Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Kicking off another week of fun and excitement tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Much to discuss tonight, as always here. Of course, the big news last week was the suicide attack. The guy that flew his plane into the side of a building that housed an IRS office. And, of course, uh, the predictable fallout is uh, beginning to uh, to occur from that news stories being published with kind of this theme of these people are patriots and they hate them they hate the government and uh, we need to be scared and and, and uh, is this terrorism or was this just a crazy guy and i guess there's all kinds of discussion about this uh, this topic going on out there how could there. it be anything but terrorism i mean you know he's trying to affect political change through uh, Terror, right? It's what it seems. I mean, it's it, it's got to be terrorism uh, by its uh, you know the, the the definition I understand, and and I do think generally that terrorists are crazy in some manner or another, unless they have some kind of societal organization that backs them up, uh, that makes them you know that, that makes it so that sort of normal people might participate in terrorism, but like the government. Well, I mean, uh, when the government uh, when governments act in in uh, ty- tyrannical fashions, yes. So we're gonna get uh, we can get to that discussion here about what the you know the news media is saying, and uh, some people are calling this guy a hero. I don't think he's a hero. Uh, let's go first though to your phone calls. Ian is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. How you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just thinking about Porkfest and was wondering if there are any dates set for this year yet. I believe the dates are set, yes. Uh, I don't have them in front of me. You'd I could... have to go to freestateproject.org, and I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah I, I was know. online a little earlier fishing around, and I couldn't find anything. I think so porkfest.com is actually yeah. where you want to go. I think that takes you to the uh, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Uh, porkfest.com should take you to the appropriate page on the Free State Project website. I know the dates have been chosen because they were chosen at the very end of last year's event because I'd already reserved at that point uh, my campground for the June day. 24th through the 27th. Well done. There you go, June 24th through 27th. And normally, that's the weekend. Uh, typically, there are several days in advance of uh, whatever the, the first day is. So probably it's there are probably going to be people there as early as the 20th uh, that are just going to be camping and, and hanging out unofficially, if you will. So is that the info you were looking for? Yeah, that sounds good. That's all I wanted to know. Just a quick question. Also, um, I saw Shutter Island, the movie, yesterday. It was great, so I recommend that to anyone that's looking for a good movie to what, see. What was so great about it? Uh, it, was, it was just mentally exhausting, but those are the kind of movies I like. Huge twist. Um, that was about it. I'm a big fan of Leo, so all around, I just thought it was a good movie. Cool. Well, thanks for the recommendation, and Ian, uh, I guess we'll see you at Porkfest. Thanks for the call tonight. Yeah, we- of course, he's talking about the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's a yearly event that occurs uh, right smack dab in the middle of summer, beautiful time of the year to uh, to come up and be outdoors in New Hampshire quite a bit. Uh, it's in the woods. It's a camping. Lots kind of people of event. come to New Hampshire in the winter too. Do they? Yes, to slide down oh, mountains. To sled, yeah. yeah, things like ski. Skiing. Yes, they, they call it skiing. They yes. don't do sled. They sled. On. They sled, sled standing up on two separate little sleds. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I know. So, the, I know you went to the ski place and you went down in an inner tube and you. you think no, I didn't the, do the. the I didn't do the inner tube, but that sounds like fun to me. Yeah, the inner tube's great. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that the mountain was a little steeper for the inner tube. Yeah. Um, but because I, I have no no desire to learn how to stand on the 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 two sleds that can go other directions and stuff right. like that. I tried that. It was very painful. The inner tube, I I did. It was fun, but I wish it went a little faster. I I found the uh, I found the snowboarding to be a real pain. Uh, but I did try the ski blade which I thought were pretty neat, and I'll give them another try at, at some point. They're like fat um, skis? Uh, they're like little skis. They're, they're not as long as regular skis, and you don't have to have the poles, because I guess the skiers, they have the, the pole things yeah. that they use. You're going to wish you had those things. You don't know. You don't need them. All right. Uh, because it's kind of like... It's like roller skating, but with skiing. They're not that. They're not as short as roller skates, but that's kind of the idea. I see. The the motion is kind of similar that you do with your feet or your your legs. I don't really know how to explain it too well. I've only done it once, but it was much. Uh, the much, motion I did was mostly falling down. That's that was definitely what I did uh, with the the snowboard. But with the ski blades, I could catch myself better from the falls that I inevitably was uh, I was going to take. So anyway, the, the really the worst part is when you fall down and then one of the skis decides that it's going to dislodge from your foot and goes down the hill and then you've got to oh, you got to like, go crawl figure, after. Yeah, what do you do? You've got yeah. one ski on, one <laughs> ski off. How do you get the other ski? All right. Yeah. Well, hey, you uh, you can dial in here toll free at 800-259-9231. But the the, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival was an absolute blast last year. It's way up in the northern part of uh, New Hampshire, so you, it's a nice drive uh, all the way up there, and it was just a fun, a lot of fun. So I look forward to it this year. Of course, coming up shortly is the Liberty Forum. We're less than a month away from that, uh, and you can get details on that at freestateproject.org/libertyforum. Don't forget to use our discount code of FTL to save 10%. That is FTL, like Free Talk Live. So, ABC News reporting that most were shocked by the charred scene of Joe Stack's kamikaze attack on a Texas IRS office. But for an alarmingly growing number of Americans, Stack is a hero. The web was studded with praise for Stack almost immediately after his plane slammed into the Austin office complex Thursday morning. The admiring salutes appearing on sites ranging from Facebook to the pages of extremist groups reflect what experts say is an explosive growth in the anti-government patriot movement. Extremist groups are already aligning behind Joe Stack, beginning to talk about him as a hero, said Mark Patak, director of the Southern Poverty Law Center, which studies American militia and hate groups, saying that the growth of those groups has been astounding. Stack's suicide note, an angry rant against the IRS and the government, which was posted online the morning of his death, got around 20 million hits before it was taken down at the request of the FBI, according to the president and founder of T35, the network service provider for the website where the note was posted. Within minutes, the company was bombarded with around 3,000 emails demanding Stack's words be reposted. Some of the emails contain personal threats against uh, Mr. Mellon, the owner of the company says, what's funny is most people were pretty much praising him, said Mellon. Now, is that funny? It's not really a big shock because people are pretty upset. A lot of people in this country are pretty upset at the, sta- at, you know, the s- status quo. The government just taking money hand over fist with no end in sight, creating new regulations all over the place, trying to micromanage people's lives in so many different ways. I understand the anger, and I understand uh, the outrage, and I understand what would drive somebody like Joe Stack to do what he did. And I don't blame anybody for looking at Joe Stack as though 
as though he was some sort of hero. I don't blame them for that because, well, to them, Joe Stack's the only guy who's doing something about it. And I'm not saying that what Joe Stack did was right. I firmly disagree with uh, with what he did. But to the pers- from the perspective of the you know the little guy out there who just feels like he's being screwed over, kind of like Joe Stack felt like he was being screwed. Uh, he they, was. <laughs> they look to Joe Stack and they say, "Wow, that guy actually did something." And that's why I think that they, yeah. they consider Nobody him a Nobody points hero. out the living hell that the IRS turns people's lives into every single day in this country. I'm not saying I support it either. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea to just go kill thieves. And that's what the IRS is, as far as I'm concerned, a band of thieves. I also don't think it works, even if, um, even if you were the, of the sort that thinks that's Executing thieves is a good idea. I don't think that uh, it's it's a system that works going after the the government in a violent fashion. Even if you believe that that the criminals should be taken care of in a violent fashion, I don't think that going after the government is going to be successful because it's only going to make matters worse, not better. Certainly right. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, let me continue here. Bob Schultz uh, is commenting here from We the People. Founder of the anti-government We the People Foundation. You see how uh, the liberty movement is being labeled anti-government? Because, right. well, it's just much more negative and you sound uh, – it's, it's just a way to malign people. And I might have used to call myself anti-government in the past, but I prefer pro-freedom now because I think it's important to uh, to be in favor of something rather than against something. And I'm not against government. I'm in favor of self-government. What I am against, if I'm going to be against something, would be coercive government. The idea that these strangers, calling themselves the state of fill-in-the-blank or the federal government, can tell us how we should live our lives. Can tell us what we can and cannot do. I'm against that. But I'm in favor, fully in favor, of self-government and voluntary order. So that makes me pro-liberty. Anyway, there's more coming up here. We'll talk about uh, what the media is saying about this movement. It's Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include different ways to listen. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, a webcam. We've got listen lines. Get all the details. Free. Over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Have you ever lost power? It's inconvenient for sure. Maybe even debilitating. Now, imagine you could flip a switch and have your solar backup system provide you with quiet power when you need it. No fumes or noise like a gas generator and not nearly the maintenance. Go to mysolarbackup.com now and check it out. And it doesn't need to be sunny outside right when the solar power, you know, when you click this on. It's got batteries. Um, it's just charged with a solar, you know, solar panel, and, and it's ready when you need it. Uh, go to mysolarbackup.com. Check it out today. 
Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We're going to come back here to the story from ABC News. That is, it's, it's trying to explain to its audience um, what the so-called anti-government movement is. And we'll find out if they've gotten it right. Uh, but first, let's go to Joe in Connecticut. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Joe in Connecticut, going once. Joe in Connecticut, going twice. Okie doke. Hello? Hello? Hey, there he is. Joe, there he is. Uh, I don't know what that was, but all right. It's all right. Go um, for it. So I was listening to you guys on Friday when you were talking about the Rasmussen poll, about the um, 21% of people consent to the government or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an amazing poll. Yeah. Well, I posted something on Facebook a few weeks ago, and I later on posted it on the uh, FTL forum. And uh, I just wanted to uh, share that with you guys. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, it's just kind of like um, a few people that I had grown up with uh, gave me a lot of uh, garbage, shall we say, uh, about my stance on pro-freedom and everything. And they're very pro-military in that mindset. So um, this was kind of my response. I posted a, qu- a quote from uh, Anthem by Ayn Rand. Um, I won't read the whole quote, but it's the one about um, men broke the chains and so on and so forth. I'm sure you're familiar with that. It's been a decade plus since I well, all right, well, read that book. Uh, first, men was enslaved by the gods, but he broke the chains. Then he was enslaved by the kings, but he broke the chains. He was enslaved by his birth, by his kin, by his race, uh, and he broke the chains. He declared to all his brothers that man has rights which neither God nor king uh, nor... Uh, what's that place? Uh, well, it, hmm? Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, you get that. So, anyway, this was my uh, response. Uh, today, I cast off the chains of we. I do not consent to the government, the authority, to take from me that which is rightfully mine. I withhold my right to my person and property. I did not authorize the government to use my money to bail out the banks and the auto industry, but I was aggressed against and stolen from. While I would have uh, had no... I would not have thought twice about sending money to Haiti in their relief efforts. I did not consent to the government aggressing on me and stealing my right to do with my money anything I felt. I do not consent to socialized medicine (coughs) or to using my money to find other people jobs. It is my responsibility to improve my station in life as it is your own. Do not steal from me to benefit yourself or neighbor. Uh, there are many people who would call themselves good, decent, God-fearing people, and yet they wish me dead. Assuming this God you speak of is real, why would he wish me dead? Simply because I did not support the unjust murder of a group of people they do not know. They only believe these people are evil because of the propaganda they buy into from other, another group of people that they don't even know. You're talking about there, you're referencing the uh, the people in the Middle East, I, I presume? Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, while I fundamentally disagree wholeheartedly in their belief system, I still do not wish death upon them. Because even though they feel the need to aggress on others... Oh. Just, to, uh, just to interrupt you there, uh, I don't think most people that support the government support killing you because they've never well, thought no. that far through. No, well, no, I, in, in dealing with the few people that, that this is, this is a direct statement to certain people that I've had interactions with, and those people, you know, have said things like, well, 
if you don't support the military, then you should just stand in front of them and let them shoot you. Oh, one of those people. Right, exactly. Right, if you can't stand behind the military, stand in front of them. Ugh, gross. It's very clever. Um, it's funny. They yeah. use the English language, you know, stand behind, stand in front, get shot. Nice folks. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead with your thoughts. Even, that's okay. uh, because even though they feel the need to aggress on others, natural law, which is the only law I adhere to, prohibits me from aggressing on those, them. So I'm sorry, I will not be standing in front of the U.S. military overseas uh, so that you might revel in my death. Uh, I stand here with an open challenge to anyone who wishes to debate me, civilly and intelligently, as I stand here and pose cogent arguments to counteract your aggression, you stand there and shout obscenities and wish me dead. If that sounds about like how things are. Yeah. I was just in debate with one of them uh, on Facebook, you know, one of these these folks that would much rather you call you a loon and um, call Ron Paul Mo Ron Paul. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Just name calling and ad hominem attacks and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Almost done. Okay. Uh, if, you can't, if you can't argue your point, don't bother stepping to the podium. So enjoy your wars, enjoy your socialized medicine and your jobs bill and your countless um, inevitable bailouts. I no longer count myself with the collective we. You can have your police state and your mass aggression on everyone else because I do not consent. And no, I will not be leaving this country because what animal in the zoo would leave one cage for another and call themselves free? I am simply an autonomous, sovereign king in the state of my own individuality. I accept no rule over me, and I force no rule over anyone else. But the scary part for some of you is that I am not alone. I am mm. merely one sovereign king of many, and the movement is growing. It soon sure is. We, soon we will no longer, uh, quote, we will no longer exist. Soon you will be the relics of a dead age when men aggressed against other men and justified their theft by its benefit to the collective we. All set? That's it. Hey, so when are you joining the rest of the Sovereign Kings up in New Hampshire? As soon as I can uh, get enough money to move and uh, find work. All right. Cool, man. Well, uh, th- so you posted that on on your Facebook account. Is that right? Yeah, I did. And I also posted it on, under uh, Promoting Liberty on the FTL forum. Um, <clears throat> I also, last night I had a little epiphany and I started writing. And I um, I started a little piece. Um, it may go somewhere, it may go nowhere. But uh, I called it the Declaration of Individual Sovereignty. And I threw that also under promoting liberty. If you guys oh, want to cool, check. Oh, cool, cool. You might find uh, the Free Keen Forum interesting. There's a discussion going on about a dec- like essentially writing up our own uh, Declaration of Independence or, or Constitution or whatever you want to call it, and kind of going through the same motions that the uh, the so-called founding fathers did. Because, well, I mean, if that's all it takes to create your own society uh, and you know declare independence, then I think we should do that. That way, we can point to our pieces of paper and say, "See, we're not in your society. We we've got our." own that might be interesting to you and it sounds like you could add something to that discussion thank you for the call you can go there at forum.freekeen.com 800-259-9231 bring up whatever you want it's free talk live and for the grand prize why was marijuana made illegal uh because it's a gateway drug because there's no medical value because it corrupts the youth uh because drugs are bad okay 
Because it kills your brain cells. Because uh, it makes you dumb. Because it makes you lazy. Because uh, it'll make boys grow boobs. Because uh, it threatens industry and Americans are a bunch of sheep. MarijuanaMuscle.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like this program? You want to be kept in the loop as to what's happening with Free Talk Live? We have different ways for you to do so. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You'll find out you can sign up via email. You can hop on board with our Twitter account. You can become a fan on our Facebook page. And it's all available over at news.freetalklive.com. So, uh, we're going to continue with your phone calls here. John is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. John? Hey, Ian and Mark. How's it hey. going? You're super. What's on your mind tonight? Today, I disobeyed a New York State trooper. How'd that go? Well, you're not uh, in jail. This new... <laughs> no. I'm... Oh, call me from the jailhouse uh, locker room here now. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, we're, we got this new thing here in Long Island where when you get off the highway and you're pulling onto a, a road that's now apparently a state road, they have this little, um, oh, I don't know, I guess inspection kind of going on where uh, I'm coming down the ramp and I see two uh, state trooper patrol cars parked on the ramp with uh, two big old troopers with their hats and everything mm-hmm. uh, walking up and down the ramp. And, uh, you know, as cars are, are passing them, every now and then they point at a car. Hmm. And they point to the side of the road. Hmm. And sure enough, you know, People the pull over. drivers, right. they, they pull over and stop. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't see these troopers really saying anything like uh, pull over or Is this an order? go to the side of the road. They're just pointing. Hmm. They're, pointing car, they're pointing cars over to the side of the road. And they, pull up, they point a car to the side of the road, and out comes their little invoice book, and they're handing out a bill here and there. Hmm. And uh, as I'm approaching, uh, I was wearing my seatbelt at the time. I said, you know what? I just, I just got to give this a try here. So I take my seatbelt off, which, you know, there's a law here in New York that you have to Wear protect seat yourself belt. with a seatbelt. Every, every nomination, except for New Hampshire. Or else, yeah, except New Hampshire, or else they're going to give you a bill. So as I'm approaching, I slow down, you know, because there's, you know, two pedestrians there on the side of the road. and don't want to be rude. And one of them points at me and then points to the side of the road. So I smile. <laughs> And wave back at him. And then I just kind of <laughs> accelerate gently going down the ramp. That's awesome. And I'm, and I'm watching my rearview mirror. You know, these guys are going to jump in their patrol cars and chase me down. And uh, they both look at my car like with these really confused looks on their faces. And, the, and then the next thing that happened was really amazing. There was a white van behind me coming down the ramp. Some, you know, uh, I guess some Joe Plummer or something, you know, in mm-hmm. a, you know, one of those white uh, Ford vans. And they point to him and point him to the side of the road. He just went ahead and did the same thing I did. Nice. And followed me, and we both uh, merged into the road. And then later down the road, we, we st- I stop at a red light, and, and he pulls up next to me. So I roll the window down, and I, I go, yeah, we showed them. <laughs> and he smiles and gives me the thumbs up back. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, we he had said, a little... you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> now we had a little, little moment of civil disobedience, and not only did I deny the state uh, one of their little $100 bills, but I guess I inspired someone else to stand up to the man. 
I've seen yeah, you know, I've seen yeah. that happen in traffic before too, where people will just be backed up at some you know, silly thing that the state is doing unnecessarily. I, I remember there was uh, they they I guess they'd left some cones out in the road when they were trying to clean up a construction project here in Keene, and so it was a two lane uh, two lane well four lane road, but we're on the side with the two lanes, and so the cones were in one lane, and all these cars were backed up, and it was just like this kind of one cone sort of off to the side, and well I went around and just pulled on over and went by the cone and just used that lane which you weren't supposed to use because the cone was still there but clearly nothing was going on and uh, I don't recall if anybody followed me in that particular case but I do I, I have seen instances where people will just be sitting obediently until somebody decides to break one of the rules and then all of a sudden well hey the coast is clear that guy did it so I can do it too and and I hope that it's, it's experiences like yours that I think bode well for the future of uh, you know civil disobedience and non-cooperation because if we can show people that uh, that these things are doable that it's it's okay to not yeah. always be completely obedient then maybe more people will feel comfortable with that and that will lead to the state just giving well, up on you know enforcing silly I that, nonsense. I think that sometimes um, the state the you know the, the rules that they have are good rules um, you know for whatever reason I just think that oh, people don't should be an apologist, Mark. Yeah, well, look, look, man. I mean, if if they've got a cone there and the thing's like full of uh, you know gravel or metal spikes and Ian gets holes in his tires. Fine. Let him well, pay for the stinking tire holes then. in his tires. What's that? Yeah, I, I think it had more to do probably with them being just lazy and uh, Likely. <laughs> not wanting to certainly you know, happen. Uh, you know, actually fish for their meal. Uh, you know, and just go and pick on the other obedient uh, sheep there. Yeah, in your case, I, I you know, I, I think that uh, I think it was very yours is very interesting. Um, however, I I wonder about these combs in the road thing. I wasn't there, and I don't trust Ian's judgment. <laughs> Any other okay, thoughts guys. for us, Joe? Or John, rather? No, enjoy and Thank disobey. You. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I'm actually surprised they didn't uh, have a cruiser down the road somewhere, key up on their radios and say, yeah, we got this guy who just went by us, and you know, describe the car and have him pulled over down the road. Well, I'm surprised they didn't do that. But maybe they just count on everybody being so obedient they didn't even think about it. They thought, well, we'll just point at people, point on the side of the road, and they'll all just, they'll all just go right over. And I bet you, ninety-nine percent of them did, or ninety-eight, or ninety, you know, up in the nineties. I bet it, I bet they did. I uh, yeah, right. I think that probably the only two deviants that day were those two. Man, I don't know. I, New York City? Are they all that? That's not New York there? City. That's uh, Long Island. New York. You're right. Long. That's close to. It, it is New, New York, York City. City. I, I don't know what you can, you know, in New York City. Uh, I don't think you could do anything like that just because there's no place to pull over. Hmm. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. So if you've got a civil disobedience or non-cooperation story that... Uh, I can't even imagine they give out speeding tickets in New York City. I, I don't How do know they about find, that. I, I, I can't even imagine. All right. So we continue here. A story from ABC News where they are trying to explain the so-called patriot movement. And it's... I don't know if I'm in the patriot movement. I, I think at one time I would have called myself a patriot. But I don't know now if if I and my current belief system really gels with the patriot movement. I think that there are some beliefs I have that probably do, that I know for sure do. But people like Bob Schultz from We the People, which is a, an organization that I used to follow fairly closely, 
I just I unsubscribed from their email list a, a while back. I like back. a bunch of stuff that they're doing. Um, you know, more than more than um, more stuff that they're doing than not. But the thing, I, the kind of the uh, the impression that I get from groups like We the People and some of the other uh, purported liberty groups out there is that they want to restore the republic. We need to start this over and try again. Go back to the Constitution. You know, kind of all these uh, small government talking points about how things have gone out of control. We need to get things sliced back down to size. Yeah. Go I back think, to slavery. I think. You know? Well, I don't think they intend no, to go back to slavery. Um, but they, but you know, they talk about the Constitution. They hope to return to the smaller government that the Constitution was talking about. And I think that that is, um, you know, in thinking about it, it really seems like as much of a pipe dream as you know the ideas that you can get that you can do you do uh, things inside the marketplace that will uh, replace the government so i, I don't know what's going to happen but i think that probably the most likely result currently is that the government whether it's run by democrats or republicans whether it's run by people that were supported by tea party members or people that were supported by green party members that the likely the government will spend itself into oblivion within the next I don't know, couple dec- couple few decades, um, and and then we'll have to figure something else out. So the story here uh, is quoting Bob Schultz from We the People, saying he says, "There's a huge patriot movement. I've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. Never have I seen the likes of what's going on now. It's delightful." Back to the story. Uh, the anti-government movement ga- uh, gathered strength during the early 1990s, resulting in several high-profile standoffs with the FBI. Now that's kind of a they're they're just kind of throwing a few things in there, right? Several high-profile standoffs. What are they referring to? Waco, yeah. Waco, Ruby and Ridge? Ruby Ridge, I guess. What are the several? I mean, what are the other ones? Are I, these several? Is like five or more, right? Yeah, and I don't know that it, what, what Waco else? would that have been considered patriots? I just thought they were no. religious whack That's jobs. That's just it. I mean, these are people. These standoffs that they're talking about came from, and maybe they had small government beliefs. I don't even know, but it was because David Koresh wasn't going to court or something like that. It wasn't. Because of any kind of uh, principled pro or anti government. Let's come back with more. More coming up. You bring up anything. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet retailer with dozens of categories in which you can shop used items even if you want to save a few extra bucks. Plus, if you're buying uh, buying brand new, you probably will get free super saver shipping because that's available on a whole lot of their products. Head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Also, join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their 
common legal documents. You can incorporate a business or create your will. If you don't have a will right now, you're just leaving your family and uh, the people that you love uh, you know, wide open. Uh, your stuff, the government's going to be in charge of uh, how it gets dispensed and if it gets dispensed and when it gets dispensed. So uh, go on over there and uh, t- take care of that will situation now. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL. You save 10 bucks. It makes it, it's fast and easy. I've done it. LegalZoom.com. So ABC News has a story by Lee Ferran on its website about the so-called anti-government movement or the patriot movement, of which I don't really feel like I'm a part. Uh, I'm in, in favor of freedom. I'm in favor of self-government. And I'm not in favor of violence. And it seems that the patriot movement, although I'm sure many of them would not like to be associated with uh, with violence, seems like they are just in, all over the place being associated with it, uh, in, it's especially in the mainstream media here. The anti-government movement, according to ABC News, gathered strength during the early 1990s, resulting in hev- uh, several high-profile standoffs with the FBI. Anti-government militias trained in the woods and prepared for a confrontation with the United States. The militia movement peaked in 1995 when Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols bombed the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killing 168 people. The anti-government movement became dormant until the mid-2000s. Potok said in a uh, said a militia and extreme anti-government movement fueled initially by anti-immigration settlement sentiment rather is back in a big way, especially since President Obama took office. And of course, uh, you can see that in in a, it was happening in the Bush administration. Of course, these people, the Minutemen, they might call themselves, going down on the border and trying to uh, take the law into their own hands yeah. and keep them immigrants out of here. <laughs> Sovereignty, Hassling national sovereignty, people. and you know we need more government down here. Sure, we're we're for smaller government, except on the border. We need more bureaucrats yeah, down here. Uh, it's just a confused group of people, and I believe in immigration freedom. So I think that alone would probably cast me out from with uh, within these patriot circles, and that's the the reason why I stopped. It's subscribing. a big issue for a lot of them. It's yeah. the reason why I stopped subscribing to the We the People email newsletter because. I kept seeing this anti-immigrant viewpoint in there, and I, or of course, if you if you call them on it, well, we're not anti-immigrant, we're just anti-illegal immigrant. So for some reason, the same government that they're so sick and tired of, the same government that they're so upset with, that they think is so large, is completely a okay when it comes to the well, immigration no, bureaucracy. What their um, th- their point is consistent. They are principled in the in that they want to quote unquote return to the Constitution. Um, in reading the Constitution, you can see, and and it makes perfectly good sense that a document that uh, founds a country, that a, a basically a country is defined by its borders. It makes perfectly good sense that they would support, uh, you know, the 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 sovereignty of those borders and people in and that country controlling who might enter and who might leave. But that's not what the Constitution was set up for. What do you mean? Well, I mean, Gardner Goldsmith, who unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, has pointed out many times that uh, that's not what the that's not in the Constitution. Yeah, there's, it's a, it, it's 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 there's funny a naturalization. And it's there, funny and amorphous. Um, it, what it says is in there that basically the it's something like, and I don't have it right sitting right here in front of me. I wasn't prepared for this, but it's something like the the, the federal government can't control immigration until 1812 or something like that. At which point, one would assume then that it could. Like, that makes perfectly good sense. I'm not saying that Gardner isn't a great constitutional scholar, but I I can see how people might see something different uh, very easily. 
Well, anyway, uh, so that's the reason why I, one of the major reasons why I don't uh, I don't appreciate what some of these people that are calling themselves patriots are doing. They're just arguing for their form of government. They're arguing for uh, for a so-called smaller government, except right. they want the military and they want the uh, you know they want well I guess not all of them want the military doing what it's doing today, but they want the government to do this and this and this. And I don't want the federal government at all. So what do you call me? I guess I'm a secessionist or an yeah. independentist. Or something like that. Let me continue here. According to the April 2009 report by the Department of Homeland Security, the government, the current anti-government climate parallels what federal officials saw in the 1990s. And of course, they talk about how the militias were training in the woods and preparing for a confrontation. Have they stopped since the 90s? The, the <laughs> claims are that the uh, the movement became dormant until the mid 2000s. Now I don't know how they know this i don't know i mean are they tracking all of the different militia maybe they groups? were maybe they were looking for arabs at that point instead of uh, militia people who knows you know, because the the government officials weren't looking um suddenly it wasn't you know it wasn't popular anymore but i just just want to look at the the violence or maybe it aspect. lost its uh, maybe it lost its traction when the republicans were in office maybe so i think that's the suggestion here so I just want to look at the, uh, the the violent types, the gun polishers, as you might call them, the people that are constantly agitating uh, for violence and talking about how, well, you should go and kill these people and blow these things up and they, we're going to take back our country, like yeah. take back our country, uh, we'll do it by violence if necessary. I mean, we could just go on about the, some of the things that they say, but as they're pointing out here, they were training in the woods. I, I saw some of the video footage of it, the, these militias. We're out there to get their camo on and uh, you know get their guns out and shoot and do things in the woods and prepare for uh, whatever. Wait, what the hell are you preparing for? Something that someone gives them warning for. <laughs> right. And that's kind of what I was was wanting to ask here. Maybe somebody is in our audience that can answer this. 800-259-9231. But what were they preparing for? When would they know that it was time to do what they were going to do? I mean, there sure is a lot. Sure was a lot of talk, and sure is a lot of talk about when that time is to uh, use some sort of violence against against the state. I would not talk about that because I don't believe in it anymore. At one time, I did, but for those people that do believe in it, for those people that do agitate for the violence, what were you looking for? What what trigger? What uh, I mean, y'all are out in the woods training. What was next? What was going to come next? I mean, clearly nothing, because nothing ever happened, right? I mean, here we are when over they come a decade for our later. Guns. Well, they did that in her after Hurricane Katrina. Maybe there weren't any militias down there. In, they, uh, they weren't in the consistent South. enough. They didn't keep taking the guns. They didn't take enough guns. In I Hurricane see. Katrina. I I'm just wondering. I mean, what what are the criteria? What were the onus of uh, criteria that uh, these folks had to say, "All right, boys, this is it." Let's this is line the up. big one. Head on out. Get your fatigues on. We're he- we're heading out into the city and we're going to take over City Hall. Yeah, I mean, that's what- a bad idea. I know, but, but really, I mean, what was what was the trigger and what was the plan? I mean, it's it's all well and good to get in, you know, go out into the woods and shoot uh, shoot some stuff with your buddies, but were, were, did you have anything more? I'm just curious. Are there any of the militia people listening tonight? 800-259-9231. And I don't say this to goad them or egg them on because I think that violence is not the answer. I'm just curious, you know. What, what were you going to do? You know, taking City Hall, what, what, what would be the point in that? Just thinking about it. Because you could take City Hall. It wouldn't be, wouldn't that, be that difficult. Hard. No, mostly uh, just bureaucrats in there. Well, they, you know, there, there's probably some cops around and, um, you yeah. know, they, they may run out, run away or they may, you know, pull out their guns and get blown away or whatever it is that they do. But it, you probably... Probably could take City Hall and in most 
mid-sized metros, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with with a dozen guys. It wouldn't be that difficult. But then what do you do with it? Then they're going to surround you and blow it up while the bureaucrats will just work in tents for a while. It's I mean, these the the government government is more than its buildings. You know, I suppose you could say they weren't going to do something that brash, perhaps maybe engage in a guerrilla campaign of taking out the, uh, you know, the political muckety mucks, the higher ups, the, the police chiefs, the the city council, that kind of thing. Just kind of an assassination campaign sure, but or something. I, you might be able to pull that off, too, for, uh, you know, a la the, the, the um, John Wilkes Booth. You might get several guys to do it all at once. You know, there's a, you know, the, the text goes out and, mm-hmm. okay, and we act. And within, you know, 15 minutes, uh, maybe even an hour, you could, you know, knock off six bureaucrats of your choosing or whatever. The, the very worst ones in your local area or, or if, if you want to go larger. But you know, after that, then the bureaucrats are all going to get security details, and the taxpayer is going to pay for all those security de- mm-hmm. details. So you really don't uh, succeed in doing anything by doing that, you know? Yeah, that's what I wanted to look at is, I mean, what is it that they were considering doing, and what would, re- what would the result of it be? And it seems like in every single case of using I understand violence, the frustration. I just yeah. don't, don't know where it's all going to go. Well, it seems like in every single case of using violence— whether it's this guy flying the plane in the building or the guy with the kill dozer going around his town. just Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do to protect things. IRS buildings from here on out, but they're going to do something. There was a guy that went into a city council meeting and just iced the mayor and shot some of the city councilors. Uh, government ain't over. Not right. in that town and not anywhere. Right. I mean, what, when has the government folded up and said, oh, man, it is just too getting too hot and heavy in here for us. We are uh, we're we out made, of we here. We sure made that guy. Go. We should learn. We've learned our lesson. We made that guy pretty mad. Yeah. Toll free number 800-259-9231. Add your thoughts into this discussion or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever lost power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you will ever hear because there's never been a better time to get off the grid and generate your own supply of electrical power. Solar power generators are now available. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it the most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's hurricanes, ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com to request a free information package today. That's MySolarBackup.com MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365 That's 877-327-0365 this is free talk live you can bring up whatever's on your mind dial in toll free as we launch you into the second hour of the program 800-259-9231 SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 tonight it's Ian with you and Mark you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, starting things out here this hour, continuing a topic from last hour, for those of you just tuning in, it's in reference to the incident from last week with a guy flying a plane and killing himself, uh, flying a plane in, into the side of a building in Austin, Texas, IRS offices uh, being located in that building. He left a six-page manifesto uh, suicide note 
And of course, people are calling him crazy, and uh, and he may be crazy, you know, he may be. But a lot of what his uh, his note said was, I would say, well founded. I mean, he was being screwed over by the state. He had tried to. I think instead of like he maybe have driven to do something desperate, but I don't think that uh, that's crazy. That's I, I just don't think that is. No. No, I mean, dr- having to- driven to do no crazy is something that have that that I. I you know, I mean, momentary insanity. Does that really sound right to you? Okay, okay. Oh, I mean, driven to do point. something desperate is something entirely really different. I mean, here, okay. Can you? Ex- I, I walk into somebody's house, shoot their wife, shoot their dog, shoot their kid right in the head. Now, how they react is that crazy or is it momentary desperation? Mm. Yeah, I see. The man you. was simply driven. Point. Yeah, you're making a good point. I guess it's because I am a super genius. I guess maybe a better way to put it would be that uh, he was crazy if he thought this was going to make anything better. No, about that. Yeah, uh, he's crazy. Sorely mistaken. Uh, here, another crazy uh, point would but be. But he that even said that he didn't think it would make any um, any difference. It would make it worse. Which, which in yeah. fact shows his his sanity. It's just a guy that's like I. There's nothing left for me to do. I'm so darned angry that there's nothing left for me to do. Yeah, I, you're, you're you're right about that. Uh, one of the things, though, that he did say that I guess, you're not, here's I guess you're not crazy if here's you come to the Here's a solution wrong for the government people out there that are listening, and I know they monitor the show. Stop messing with people, and they'll stop flying airplanes into your buildings. We're just doing our jobs, Mark. Just doing our jobs. Yeah, whatever. Keep keep doing your jobs, and May, you'll keep getting the same results. I guess when I'm thinking the, crazy— That's who's insane. Right. I guess when I'm thinking crazy, I'm thinking about what he said at the end of his uh, six pages was that— he believes violence is the only answer. I suppose He's, coming to the, his, the wrong well, conclusion it, is not necessarily crazy. Right. The, the, the only the, what he feels like is that there is no other solution. Maybe he had never heard of the Free State Project. I don't know. Right. Because he tried working within the system and, you know, just it was frustrating for him. I, I felt at one point that violence was the only solution at some point, too. Yeah. I didn't think that that point had arrived, but this guy clearly did. He felt like it. You know, this was his breaking point. So, and there's going to be more people along the way. And that's what this article basically is pointing out. It's trying to marginalize these people, and they are on the margins. They mm-hmm. absolutely are. The government doesn't go after a large group of people all at once. They go after people on the margins. Well, they go after everybody. Yeah, they, they go after yeah, everybody, but they push them to the margins, I guess I should say. Uh, so ABC News reporting here, they've got some expert with the – so-called expert – with the Southern po- Southern Poverty Law Center or something like that. And saying here that uh, while not necessarily extreme itself, many groups in the overall movement are shot through with radical ideas, conspiracy theories, and racism. Sometimes these attacks do serve as an inspiration for other groups and individuals. One reason anti-government groups are embracing Stack rather than distancing themselves from his extreme actions is that he doesn't seem to be crazy, said Potok. It's a characteristic that troubles forensic psychiatrists and... And ABC News consultant Dr. Michael Wellner, he says, it's easy to get a sense that someone likes that someone likes snaps, Wellner told Good Morning America. But this is the kind of crime that's planned for a long time. I don't find it to be psychotic. That's the problem here. It's rational. Schultz says, or he believes Stack was simply beaten to the point of desperation, there's that word, Mark, uh, by the government. The government is routinely allegedly violating the Constitution. Then when you call them on it, they ignore you too. That's enough to drive a lot of people together and to start, you know, some kind of movement, he said. There are people that are out there so frustrated that say, hey, it's time to lock and load. 
And that's because people believe that, that, well, that's how the country was founded, so that's how they need to do it again. Because people, well, they're doomed to repeat history if they can't learn from it, right? And indeed, the country was founded after a violent uh, fight with the Redcoats. They wrote up their uh, declaration and their constitution and went on about doing their thing of making the government bigger and bigger until we basically have a government that is far greater and more intrusive, uh, greater in size, larger, more expensive, more intrusive than King George ever could possibly have envisioned for himself. And so here we are again, right, with the government uh, micromanaging people's lives, telling them how to do, uh, how to live their lives. And so people look at the, the past and they say, well, people fought back then. We should fight again today. Let's get some guns and kill some bureaucrats. Yeah. So, and... Right, and, and I think that... What's going to be different? One can uh, sort of see why people would make that mistake. This is how the country was founded, by right. a bunch of people that were so desperately PO'd at how things were going as far as taxes and the size and intrusiveness of government that they picked up guns and started shooting people that worked for the government. That's how this country started. So right, I, you they know, didn't have planes back then. Right. So, I mean, you know, what what I really why 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 is it so bad? I, these if these people would look historically now, it's us in the government. Well, this is a government yeah. by the people. Mm. Come on. Really? You think that? So the toll-free number for your thoughts on this, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. What are some of the other things you've seen? I mean, this is the only one of the only couple stories that I've uh, that I've taken a look at about this, but I, I haven't really been digging around for them. I imagine there are other stories in the news and different organiza- news organizations essentially maligning the so-called patriot movement, calling them all racists. And uh, and I believe that if you were to go into one of these militias, you probably would find a lot of what they're talking about here. You probably yeah. would find a lot of anti-immigrant uh, fervor. You probably would find racism. And not to mention the violent aspect. So there's really nothing about, from my understanding of what those people are up to, that I'm interested in. I'm interested in peaceful solutions to achieving liberty in our lifetime because I understand that uh, you can't get there from violence. You can't get to peace by using violence. just doesn't work that way. I understand that violence It doesn't make much sense. I mean, but... You know, what are you going to do? So I understand that violence begets violence, but it took me some time to learn that. And it, it hopefully some of these folks that are currently gun polishers will somehow find the message of peace for themselves and embrace it and see how it changes their viewpoint. I don't know what the best way to uh, you know help them encounter that is, because if they're surrounding themselves with people that are essentially pumping their viewpoint up, then it's very unlikely that uh, that they're going to embrace something like this. So I guess it's just our job, Mark, to to put it out there, you know, to put the 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 concepts of uh, of peace out there as a solution to the violence of the government, because the government is violent and they do want to hurt, they do hurt people, they do put innocent people in jail cells, and they do injustice to peaceful people all the time, and there's no doubt about that. But I don't think that lowering yourself to their level is going to solve the problem. And as you can see. Exactly what uh, I think what he predicted has happened. The media is maligning him as a crazy loon, and the government will likely use this as an excuse to probably crack down on private airports or small airports. Something like that. Expand the TSA out into, you know, they've got all the big airports now. Now they've got an excuse to make the TSA right. even one, larger. One, one uh, I, uh, IRS employee has been killed. Now we need a giant apparatus to control all the private airports. Maybe they won't, maybe they won't but it seems... <laughs> Seems oh, like if they do is, it, that'd probably take them a while. It, that it will. It's you can count on that. 
So, uh, you know, and, and see, this is, you know, in, in the sort of the early days of Free Talk Live, we've, we've come through some, some iterations over time. At first it was, uh, you know, you being basically libertarian and me being sort of a smaller government Republican type. And, uh, you know, the, your answer for this liberty problem was vote libertarian. And that clearly wasn't a very satisfying answer because, well, you know, libertarians, you know, libertarian party is basically a party of education as opposed to a party of winning elections. Mm-hmm. So then we found you, you found the Free State Project. Right. We both moved, you know, on our paths toward, towards liberty a little farther and a little farther. And the Free State Project sounded good. And we, you know, we're st- still angry about the growth of government. And then over time, we, you know, got here. We had some hope from seeing how things were actually working here in New Hampshire. And, wow, we can see the possibility of, of freedom. And, you know... It doesn't have to be like it is for Joe Stat or was for Joe Stat. No, absolutely not. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com at shrine.freetalklive.com. And go check out gold.freetalklive.com and find some great prices on both gold and silver. I've picked out uh, several coins there that I think are are good choices for people who just want to accumulate some precious metals as opposed to, you know, doing the whole coin collecting thing. Because it can get really murky when you're uh, attempting to buy precious metals as to whether or not uh, you're buying you know, are, am I buying precious metals here, or am I buying collector coins? Because uh, you know, many of the place, many of the gold places, you'll you'll call in, you say, I want some gold, and they'll immediately begin pushing off, uh, you know, numismatic coins of, uh, uh, I think it's MS70 or something like that, is the uh, is the grading quality. I I didn't really want that. All I wanted was gold and silver that I could have in my possession for you know investments, a hedge against inflation, inflation, barter currency, that kind of thing. So go to gold.freetalklive.com and check them out. All right. We continue here with your phone calls. Kenyatta is on the line listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kenyatta. Yes, hello. Thank you for uh, your show. Thanks. And I wanted to try to answer. Now, I I don't have a gun, but I wanted to try to answer where I thought the uh, Patriot uh, gun toters were coming from uh, a little bit. I I, I think, uh, well, it's well known that when a government, like, like one of the last things they'll do to completely uh, control people is to take away their guns, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's for just having a gun. But as far as, like, going out in the woods and everything, I I think, well, for me, if I, that's more about, like, being able to survive without uh, the whole credit card, uh, commercial, uh, roadway system working 
uh, like we're used to now. Like if the government took control of the roads and controlled the food supply that was available in stores, you know, could I go out in the woods and know what to eat or know how to grow crops and stuff like that? And um, having a gun is just, um, well, if there someone was coming after me or, me or my family, if I could defend myself with a gun, I would do that anywhere. I would do that. Sure, sure. I'm not attacking gun ownership here. I don't know if it, it made it sound like I, I don't no, know. If no, 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 no. I, I didn't feel like you were attacking anything at all. No, no, no. I don't mean to, you know. But I, I, I think that's where it's coming from. And and. Well, I, I imagine they probably. I, I'm just speculating here on what things might have been taught in these militia group meetings in the woods. I imagine that uh, some sort of survivalism was likely a component of what they were doing, but also just training, uh, weapons training, and you know, tactics training and things like that. Uh, you know, in, in preparation for the day, whenever that uh, that day would come. Yes, no, and I totally agree with you that like there's. It seems a little bit ridiculous and. And a lot of people, myself included, I feel, even though I, sh- I should own a gun, if it comes down to guns, the government has bigger guns. Yeah, they that- sure do. Right, and this is that's really the thing. It seems like you can make more of an impact by not having one than by having one. Because if you have that thing in your hand, you're a murderer as far as uh, you know anybody in the news is concerned. If the government comes in and shoots unarmed people, yeah, things are things look a little better. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'm just wondering about this militia thing. It seems to me that you could, you know, with all the time and preparation that goes into a lot of uh, a lot of this, and you know, like stocking bunkers and things like that. Couldn't somebody just do a little better by having some chickens? Chickens? Yeah. Yes. I mean, chickens, they provide you with fresh eggs, uh, and if, if you decide that you want to go for it, they provide you with fresh chicken, and they provide you with more chickens, and mm-hmm. they continually provide you with a source of food in case the, the government decides to go kerflooey, and they take the grocery stores with them. Um, and, you know, the, there, you, there you go. You've got eggs and chicken. Kenyatta, yeah. any other thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to follow up with the chicken thought. I think one of your um, one one of your uh, sponsors is of, of the fields, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard but that. I, I I I was beginning to stock up on stuff, and I still do stock up on some things. But when I learned about eating from nature, like uh, like of the field, it totally took a lot of the stress off. Mm. Okay, come springtime, I'm gonna. You know, see what I can eat around some here. fiddleheads and yeah. uh, those kind of things. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to know that stuff, and and certainly, uh, you know, a little bit of time educating yourself isn't isn't crazy. And I think that it's also a good idea to have have some st- has some food stocked up. I don't know about stocking the whole basement, but eh, yeah. you know, have some no, food. No. Kenyatta, thank you for the thoughts tonight. Appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231. Tim is calling from the swamp in Louisiana. KBYO listener. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, good evening, boys. Hey, um, which one of y'all is the Quaker? I'm both a, of us. Yeah, both of us are Quakers. Oh, that's nice. I was raised in the Society of Friends. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and um, I wouldn't go around shooting anybody either. <laughs> but, however, I will shoot them if they come, you know, to take me if that ever happened. Um, but I want to talk about the cones on the highway issue. Okay. Um. Between about 60 miles east of Shreveport, Louisiana, and I've seen this elsewhere, but I'm just going to give you the most recent that I've seen it. Um, There's a sign, a flashing sign on the highway on the interstate, okay, Mm -hmm. saying drug checkpoint ahead. Oh, boy. Okay, 
and they they take the freeway, the interstate, down to one lane with those orange cones. Okay, mm. the interstate, and yeah, the interstate, mm. the interstate. Okay, and the way they've got it set up, the cones start right after an off ramp. Okay, yeah. So, and the sign comes about a quarter mile before the off ramp. Yeah, that's kind of foolish. So, <laughs> No, no, they want you to turn off so they can pull you over, right? Exactly. Yep. They're, they're at the at the end of the off-ramp, and they're all over the vehicles, you know? Ah. And so I just want to let people know that this is happening, you know? Thank you for that. And the, in actually passing the vehicle down on the, you know, the, the uh, state highway patrol guy down on the interstate, it's one guy sitting in his car looking at the cars. Mm-hmm. But the whole mass of the folks is actually off the off-ramp. Right, because what drug dealer or what drug courier is going to want to pass through a drug checkpoint so they take the off-ramp in thinking that they'll be able to get around I got it. it. I got away. Yes, I have a friend who's a trucker. I used to be a trucker years ago, and he told me that they're actually using trained weasels on some of the stops in Texas. Really? Go up in the truckload, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing if you're the if you're the canine guy, I'm sure you get a little extra accolades at the uh, police department. I mean, you've got the the special canine car, you've got the you got the German Shepherd that goes with you, all that kind of thing. If you're the trained weasel guy, I'm sorry, that's not the same thing. <laughs> no, but you know, those the, you know, and the whole thing is to get you to pay up. Um, I experienced the dogs in Texas several years back at a place called Sierra Blanca on Interstate 10. And they found that I had several dubs, you know. And so they said, well, we're going to run you through the, the check, you know. So they run an NCIC on me, and I come up clean. So they go, okay, we got no warrants and wants on you. And the federal government thinks this is too small to mess with, so we're going to turn you over to the state police. Okay, so the, here come the state police. Right, I tell you what, I'll let you continue your story here in a moment. You can finish it up, and we'll talk to you about whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. A lot of features are there, and they're all free. The wiki is one of them. With over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki. Dot freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rhys-Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of swordplay, instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusives. Pick up your copy today and discover our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords 
and lightsabers. We will also be giving away a uh, replica sword and a couple of lightsabers, and all you have to do to to get entered for that is go to update.freetalk.updates. Ian, uh, updates? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's update. Up, updates. Updates.freetalklive.com. And, uh, you know, sign up there, and uh, we will do the contest through that. Sorry, I was looking to see who Bob Anderson was. I've been hearing that, and I'm like, who is he's the Bob guy who, Anderson? He's and the I, guy who teaches, he taught everybody basically in Hollywood how to fight with swords. That's what I figured From it was. Star Wars yeah, to Princess correct. Bride, the whole thing. Bob Anderson is the he's sword the guy from uh, Hollywood, really. Got it. I mean, you know, the, the big one. Updates.freetalklive.com. There you go. 800-259-9231. Back to Tim listening in uh, KBYO land out in Louisiana. Tim, you're back on Free Talk yes. Live. You were telling us about uh, you got yeah. getting popped for uh, marijuana possession. And how long ago was this that uh, this happened? Tim? Uh-oh. We had Tim. He was in the swamp, you know. He was in the swamp. Maybe Tim can call back and finish his story. Click. Let's try Don in New York. Don, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Anna Mark, how you doing? Hey, Don, what's on your mind tonight? A couple of nights ago, you guys had uh, talked about the article from New Hampshire there from the uh, that nice town lady who was bringing up the ridiculous argument of cannibalism. Yes. Yeah, because that's I the best want... that she had to attack the liberty activists with up here is that we're cannibals or we support cannibalism. And, and it was a twisted, uh, it was a twist on words because the original question that you had posed is should two consenting adults be free to uh, agree to such a thing? And the answer to that is, Yes, her question. Her, then she turns it into should it that they they would they would like it to be legal for for cannibalism to be uh, to be accepted. Right. She didn't. Uh, Mark, she doesn't Mark, really get the nuance there. She when she yeah. sees cannibalism, she thinks, uh, well, it must not be consensual. It's cannibalism. But and and Mark posed with the question couldn't be nailed down to an answer. And I would I would offer it up to all of you. What I would what I would rebuff with is. It's not a question of illegal versus legal. That's a term invented by lawyers to control people and to create man's laws. We as free, free-loving people would, would agree that it's a matter of should it be excitedly acceptable, and in our society it would probably be shunned and would never be something that would be a normal thing. Yeah, I don't think I would really want to hang out with the cannibal guy. It just doesn't exactly. Really, yeah, it doesn't really seem like somebody you know, I, I... It doesn't I seem like a safe place to go fall asleep. society accepts it and... and no, no reasonable society would accept cannibalism. I don't imagine that uh, they would. I agree with you there. Great points. Uh, thank you for sh- uh, sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? That's it. Great show. Thank Keep you. It up, Appreciate it, Don. 800-259-9231 to Nick in Texas. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Nick, Texas? Heard somebody. Sound like we gasped and hung up. Maybe we're having some phone troubles tonight. I don't know. Could there be. was two, two disconnects there. Hello? Oh, oh, there he Nick. Is. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, so I had an idea, and I was wondering if you guys could tell me if it was stupid or not, basically. Well, okay, go ahead. All right. So the base, like the like the basic idea, would be that um, take somebody young, uh, like me. I'm 21, so I've got quite a while that I that the idea that could run out for. But have them pretty much start running for president now. Um, try to like use, you know, the times and the events that happen in between, you know, when they become eligible to, you know, really push the message and, you know, try to see if they could garner, you know, support and strength. And if you guys thought that, you know, it would be kind of a waste of time and effort, or if y'all thought maybe the idea had any legs. 
Well, I don't know how you'd go about doing it. It seems like a fairly difficult task. You tend to have to have some money uh, or some some sort of financial backing in order to be able to run for president. I mean, you. Well, my personal idea would be uh, social networking sites. Just abuse them, just to the nth degree, and try to generate as much like just I, I for lack of a better term, I guess grassroots like you know support and. Uh, just throw your name out there and try to get, like, people to understand, like, oh, you know, this is what's happening in the world. This is what I would do, you know, and eventually people hear you say, you know, the correct thing so many times for so many years. Maybe you can get some support. Let's look at um, let's uh, let's look at uh, presidential candidates from, uh, you know, from your your point of view here. Um, I've I've heard of people running for president all across the, uh, you know, for, for years now. There's let's call them uh, let's see there's you know the the top tier candidates the ones that have a chance right the second tier candidates that looks like you know maybe they could have a chance the third tier candidates which they don't really have a chance but the news is still giving them some credit and then the fourth tier candidates um, the fourth tier candidates are, are people that register to run for president you've never heard their name sometimes they'll get mentioned in a news article um, just sort of to as a as an anecdotal story and what do you generally think about those people. Well, where would you say Ron Paul was at the last? I'd say somewhere between third and second tier. Okay, okay. Um, well, my well, kind of like. Well, I know that there's always going to be like a uh, uh, say, like a candidate for the Libertarian Party. There's always going to be like uh, even a uh, um, Communist Party candidate, and that guy's never going to get anybody. You mm-hmm. know, he might get well point zero zero one percent or whatever goofy number. But um, I think that if somebody specifically, you know, especially young, who sat there and was, you know, pushed a message, I'm personally the liberty mindset, I guess. So mm-hmm. for somebody that I would like to see with the liberty message also, um, you know, just kind of ha- kind of sat, you know, and over time they would work their way up through and hopefully be able to, you know, gain some sort of celebrity or something, even if it's now, just as... point of information here, are you talking about running for president with one of the major two parties, the Republicans or Democrats? Of course not. <laughs> well, then how are I'm you a... going to get... Pro- I guess what I'm well, curious about is how are you going to get anybody to pay attention to you? I mean, if, if what you're doing is just simply going to uh, run as a young person, somebody who's pr- prior to the age of 35, as you said, you're 21, start some yeah. sort of Facebook group, hey, Elect me for president in another 15 years or whatever. Uh, that the purpose of this is to simply reach out and educate people. I say go for it. I think mean, you're going to likely encounter some eyeballs, and maybe what you'll say will be persuasive to them, and they'll want to go and learn more about the the liberty movement. But I, and and maybe you know maybe it'll catch on. Maybe the the whole idea that somebody's running for president 15 years in advance will generate those news stories that will help get you more attention. I don't know. It seems uh, it seems pretty pie in the sky, but crazier things have. Uh, have been tried, and if, if, if that's something that you feel motivated to do, I would say you should do it. However, I hope to see that uh, you know somebody is seceded by the time 15 years rolls around. Uh, hopefully, we won't have a federal government anymore by uh, by that point. But nonetheless, I, I wouldn't want to dissuade you from following uh, what a, essentially following your dreams in this case. If you came up with this and you think it's a good idea, then. You know, get out there and well, start it up. And I happen to agree with you that we'll probably see some sort of successionist movement, like I hope to come to fruition eventually by, say, the time I'm eligible to become a president, or you know, I, I would hope not. But, um, you know, because we have a lot of issues, you know, that, that are going to have to come to pass in during that time. 
but as long as, you know, but if you had a voice, you know, and you were constantly pushing, you know, to, this is how it should be, this is how it should be, that's kind of where, where my idea was. I think the everything. trick is just having the voice. I think the trick is getting people to take you seriously and to pay attention. I'm not saying it can't be done. I just don't know how I would go about doing it, but maybe you yeah. can, maybe you can make it work. And I say best of luck to you. Mark, uh, any other thoughts? I think it what? sounds like crazy to me. I, I, I just, Why is it crazy? I, mean, it, yeah, I, I just don't think I, – I think that people that, that people generally look at people who are running for president as, uh, you know, whack jobs. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't have any kind of opportunity, chance to win, you don't have the backing of any party or anything like that. If you had a party that had some kind of platform, you might at least be able to claim to be doing it from an educational standpoint. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think you might uh, alienate people too. Okay, well, there you got a couple different answers. So, so thank you for the call tonight, and let us know what uh, ends up happening with your campaign. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at celebrationcorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board with the program, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we just got off the phone a moment ago. We'll get back to the phones, but I just want to continue this discussion. We just got off the phone with a young man, 21 years old. He's trying to think up something different. He, he wants to do something that is a little unusual to get the ideas of freedom out there. And his idea was, and he called to run it by us to see what we thought, as though our opinion means something. Uh, I appreciate that. But anyway, he called in to run it by us. And the idea was that he wants to start running for president now at age 21. The idea that he would be running for some election, however many years that is yeah, down the line. 2035. 16, 16, yeah, something like that. So, and, and I said, well... I guess well, it would be a, an even number. <laughs> 2036. And you said during the break that you thought people were going to make fun of him and that, that, uh, you know, that he shouldn't do this because people were going to make fun of him. Is that pretty much your position? Yeah. Um, well, yes, it is. And I, I think that lots of people run for president. And um, who was the, the – there, there was basically 10 candidates running for the Republican ticket that down there with you know Ron Paul and Tancredo. And there was one guy who was beneath it. Do you remember that guy's name? He was, no. He was like number 11. No. He, he contacted the show on a pretty regular basis trying to get interviewed. He did? Yes. I don't recall that. And you laughed him off, sloughed him off, and, and you know, to me. Why? You made fun of him. Because he didn't have a shot, and he didn't have a particularly pro-liberty standpoint either. And, you know, if, if you don't care about liberty, what's the point in 
you know, what, what would be the point in uh, in us interviewing? Well, I don't typically interview people on the show, so I'm not sure what I said. That I don't even remember what you're talking about. You're saying I made fun of the guy. I mean, was he worth making fun of? Maybe so. What you sounds like to me is that he wasn't liberty oriented. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just telling you, man. Running for president says wackaloon on it. I mean, it's like you know, put your tinfoil hat on. If you aren't a member of a what's major, what's new? Part- what's new for the liberty movement? I mean, <laughs> being in the liberty <laughs> well, movement I says you're you could, a wackaloon, I think right? you could do a better job of educating your friends about liberty in some way, shape, or form. That, you know, if if you're going to blast social networking sites, which is what he suggested to do, mm-hmm. then you know he can do that. I just I think that running for president marginalizes you more than just being somebody who believes in liberty. You're mm. already marginalized. I see. You know, go ahead and do something else. Put a clown nose on while you do it. Then you can find out what it's really like to be marginalized. I think that, um, you know, you you had said during the break, well, what if three people go and check out his uh, page and find out what liberty means? And I said, well, what what, what if uh, so many people make fun of the kid that he stops uh, stops you know doing things for liberty because that's what he what's what the results are that he expects to get? OK, if every time you went to the fair to do the world's smallest political quiz before you, you know, really got into doing the liberty activism up here in New Hampshire, if every mm-hmm. time you went to the fair and people threw like hot dogs and, and mustard and stuff at you, you might not go back. Right. Are you really suggesting people would treat him that way? I'm just, I mean, I think you're being a little excessive here. I think you're I think you're they'll being ignore ludicrous. him mostly because that's what usually what people do with crazy people is ignore them. OK. Uh, and I don't think he's crazy. I think that running for president is just, you know, it's just going to marginalize you. Okay. Well, I certainly see where you're coming from. It's just far be it for me to tell somebody uh, not to not to do something, right? I mean, you're not, I'm not saying suggesting don't do it. he do not do something for liberty. I'm he he asked my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what my opinion is. Okay. Sounds crazy. To I, me. I I don't think it's the best way to attract people to freedom. I don't think it's the best investment of his time. I think there are other things he could do that might be more effective. Um, however, if that's what he's all got his heart set on, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell him not to do it. And if it's, you're so passionate you're not him about it, man, that's great. But yeah. if, expect to be derided. Right, expect, expect to be to, derided. Expect for people to not take you seriously. Ignore you. And, um, to laugh at you. Yeah, you know, if if you if you've got the skin for that, man, go right ahead. Yeah. Well, you know that, and and that, that one of the things I wanted to point out was, as far as the political system is concerned, normally you're not going to be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form if you don't have any experience at well, running for office. So maybe, you know, maybe you'd want to run for a city council or a city selectman or whatever it is that you've got in your local area. Right. If first. you run for something small and you're young, then you're a news story. Yeah. You're the zebra. You know, as opposed to the horses that are right, running because by. normally it's a bunch of uh, people in their 60s or 70s or whatever that are running for local offices and things like older folks typically are running for local offices. And when you're 21 or 18 or whatever running for a local office, that's almost a guaranteed newspaper article. Just one of those one of those stories about. Well, look at this young man. He's so interested in his local government that he's taken to the streets and running for office. I've seen those stories all over the place. So uh, I would say that might be a more effective way. And maybe maybe during the campaign you could mention that eventually you'd like to run for president or something like that. Like if you've got a real uh, thing for this running for president uh, idea, then you could kind of – insert that into the campaign like yeah, i'm i'm practicing for my run for president with this my down that the would line be cute. i have big ambitions right. that would be cute yeah and and if you're running for local uh, office 
that'll give you a taste of some of the derision uh, that you might get from people that uh, you know will be looking at you as a presidential candidate down the uh, down the line, you know, kind of a kooky presidential candidate down the line, because people will deride you for having liberty ideas in a local race. You can count on that. You can count on people laughing at you and thinking that you're crazy uh, for simply expressing liberty ideas in a local political campaign. And so maybe Mark, I don't know what his uh, how thick his skin is. Uh, but if you were to uh, run a local campaign, you would likely find out how thick your skin is because it, you would you would be challenged and people would uh, make fun of you. And so that would be, I think, a good you know, a good test run, a good entry into that particular world. If that's something that uh, you know that floats your boat, that might be a good place to start. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you agree with me on that one, Mark? I think that that makes more sense. Yeah, and and if if you're getting newspaper stories about you in a local race, then that automatically is going to probably do more uh, to expose people to the ideas of freedom than maybe creating a Facebook profile for some futuristic run for president. But then again, maybe I'm totally wrong, and maybe you'll prove us wrong. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go back. Tim is with us again uh, from the swamp, listening in Louisiana. Uh, Tim, we had some sort of phone trouble earlier. You were telling us a story about getting arrested right. uh, for for yeah. marijuana. They turned it over to the state police, saying that it it wasn't it was too small to be a federal matter, and that's where we left off. Right. Well, you know, here's the deal. I uh, I have my brother with me, who was HIV positive. He's now gone, mm-hmm. and he had a prescription for it. Okay. Um, they confiscated it. It cost us $550 to get out of there. Um, and he went the rest of the trip without it. Mm. And I can really trace the decline of his health to that period. Oh, no. Right? Um, because he was unable to hold his meds down. Right. Okay. I mean, the herb is critical to his health. Absolutely. And the state essentially killed him as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yep, I think you're right. So uh, I just want to let people know that to be wary of Interstate 10 and Interstate 20, and probably others too, but Interstate 10 is very, very bad from San Diego right on through Texas um, with just pulling you over for just to check you out, you know? Yeah. And then there are dogs or weasels, depending on where you're at, you know? <laughs> the, the weasel story sounds like a rumor. I I, I went and I looked around no, on the yeah, internet. That, Go ahead. No, that's that's actually the feds at um, two roadside stops, one in Texas and one in uh, southern Arizona. And you heard this from other professional drivers? Yes. Yeah. I see. I don't know. I mean, I, t- I tend to trust what those guys say, but man, that, I, that that sounds unbelievable. But then again, what do I know? Right? I, I did look around on the internet, and I couldn't find. If you search for police and weasel, then a lot of kind of stories will come up just about the police being weasels. <laughs> so it's it's probably kind of hard to track that one down. <laughs> hey, Tim, thank you for uh, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing All back right, from so you. Tell everybody be careful out there. Yes, you know? sir. Thank maybe, you. Maybe you can search police ferrets. <laughs> There's a difference, isn't there? Well, I, I think that mostly people have ferrets as trained as opposed to weasels. Yeah, but if you're the police, you can you can get weasels if you want to. You could get you can, you could have trained barn owls too, but <laughs> I, I think that probably if somebody's referring to weasels, they're referring to ferrets. All right, toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, since Tim brought it up, 
I do have a positive story about another another in a series of a whole bunch of medical studies about marijuana and some of the results. As you might imagine, they're pretty positive. 800-259-9231. We'll bring that up here if we get a chance in hour number three. Also, of course, take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free as we launch here into the third hour of the program. That number again is 1-800-259-9231. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com, redesigned for 2010. It's a great new website. If you haven't been over there yet, head on over, create an account. Or if you have a BBS account with us, you can use those login credentials. So you don't even need to create a brand new account. Uh, just log in with your Free Talk Live BBS account and poke around the website. And you'll find out that you can submit show prep ideas. You can submit blog posts, essays, whatever it is you want to be considered for possible on-air use. Uh, other listeners will then be able to vote them up or vote them down, depending on how they feel about what you've submitted. And you also can vote up or vote down the stories that you find most interesting. Over at freetalklive.com. By the way, the entire site, totally free for you. All right, we continue here with your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Michael in South Carolina. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I wanted to give you a good example of what I think is one of uh, how awful and ridiculous uh, zoning laws are. Oh, please. I'm sure there are plenty of examples. Go for it. Yeah, in uh, the little town near where I live, uh, horses are a big thing. And um, they're proposing a zoning law which would make it illegal for you to have a pile of horse manure within 25 feet of the boundary of your property. Because it's stinky? I suppose, but they also, part of the uh, law would be that you would have to have any horse manure on your property in an enclosed container. So what? Yeah. Yep. So what about the manure that comes out of the out of the horse? <laughs> like, you know, just into piles. I We had horses when I was growing up, and we never considered ever putting it into containers. Mostly we didn't do anything with it. It just kind of, you know, you have 10 acres, two, two, two horses, and, you know, it just falls down. And, it, you know, the, the, the spot with the greener grass is where it fell. Exactly. I mean, I've got horses, my, uh, you know, myself, and, you know, imagine following around a horse all day trying to put, you know, its droppings in a container. It's, 
Now, point of information, is this a proposed zoning ordinance or one that actually went through? I missed that point. It's a proposed one, but it made the local paper. Um, yeah. It was on, it was, uh, you know, I think it was on the front page of the local paper, actually. And, you know, the people around here are crazy about horses. Uh, and I, I imagine it'll pass. And it would uh, grandfather in the existing property owner, so they wouldn't have to follow this rule. But anyone else oh, who really? bought property, you know, would have to follow this r- ridiculous rule. That, that is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, because like you say, how are you going to follow the horse around all the time? How often do you have to go out and clean up the yard in order to make sure there's no horse poop around? Because, I mean, they're pooping every day, so you know, there's going to be at any given time, and if an inspector comes by to check your yard, there's a good chance there's going to be a pile of dung there It's, it's at some point uh, whenever they come by. So it seems absolutely right. ab- absurd. Yeah, and it doesn't make provision for, you know, maybe the property next to you, maybe there's some woods there that divides it, you know, so the smell wouldn't bother your, ma- your neighbor. Well, or you're maybe there's a- the, if you're living out in the woods, I think that's one of those things that kind of comes with the territory. I mean, mark out where you live, there's the there's some cow farms nearby, and it sure does smell like it. I know they're around there somewhere because I can smell the cow manure or whatever it is. that It's that, one of the reasons I bought out there. I, I grew up near a dairy farm, and I like that smell. Oh, I, mean, I found it. I found it absolutely <laughs> awful right. well, myself. Is, we, you know, and we don't really like your kind out there anyway. Yeah. That's the yeah. reason we have that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <Keep me> away. <laughs> you know, I, I've got, I, I, you know I, I like that smell. So, I mean, uh, the, the, them passing these laws uh, like this, uh, you know, are, to me, are detrimental. I don't like that. Well, yeah. maybe the horse owners will come out and uh, make a ruckus about it, and who knows? Maybe the the politicians will get scared. I mean, how many people do that live in this town you're talking about? About twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's a big town. That's yeah, about the size of uh, Keene, where uh, where where we do the show from. So I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe they can get it stopped if they uh, they rally together. Certainly, things like that are possible. Well, I wanted to ask you since we're on the you know I brought up this topic as on laws. I've tried to convince. Everyone I know that zoning laws are a violation of property rights. They sh- none of them should exist. You know that that's one of the first things we need to get rid of. But it's hard to convince people that you need to get rid of all of them. And some people say, "What about safety? Co-, you know, codes and things like that." Um, do you have a you know a good argument that uh, I could use on people well, to try to zoning and regulation is are two different things. So if you were just talking about safety, that's a that um, you know, that's a different issue, but um, yeah, I think one of the best examples is Houston. You know, here you have one of the top ten metros in the United States that manages to make it without zoning laws. Um, usually, the first thing they'll trot out is, "What if somebody wants to open a pig farm next to you?" And right. you know that I, I think that usually you can uh, you know stifle that argument relatively easily by saying, "Look, pig farms are open economically where it's feasible to open pig farms. It's not feasible to open a pig farm on a small uh, you know city plot of land because it you know th- those things just cost too much." Well, plus you also want to bring up the idea that right now we have private neighborhoods where people have to get into deed restrictions, the homeowners associations. That make it very, very clear and very explicit what the rules are on those pieces of property. And some of them are very uh, micromanaging. Some of them they say, you know, you can't have your grass grow above six inches or whatever. You can't have your bushes grow above 
three feet. I, I don't know what the numbers are. They differ by neighborhood. But yes. you have to have your house to be one of these five colors, and it can't be any any one but these uh, selected colors. So for all those people that want to have control over their neighbors, they can all move together and uh, you know join homeowners associations and try to battle it out over what the different rules can be. But for the people like us that just want to be left alone, well, shouldn't we be able to be left alone? Yeah, that's that's what I argue as well. But a lot of people say, but, you know, the good of the community has to come first. And uh, sometimes it's hard to get through to these people. Well, yeah, oh, oh, indeed. It, it absolutely is. It's a, it's, it's a constant challenge trying to persuade people to understand that liberty is valuable. And I, I would just say that, uh, you know, if they don't get it, if you've explained it to them and they're, they're still not understanding, well, then just, you know, wish them a, a good day and, and move on and find a new prospect to talk to. Because the liberty message isn't for everybody. I mean, some people are control freaks and they want to control the lives of other people. And if, if that's what they want, then they don't want freedom. They may want freedom for themselves, but they don't understand that if they don't let everybody else be free, then they can't be free for themselves. So until they can come to those conclusions, uh, they're a lost cause as far as I'm concerned. You may want to consider if you're talking to a friend or someone that you're close to, hopefully they'll give you a little bit more, uh, pay a little more attention than the, the average person might. Uh, maybe you would want to consider giving them uh, some sort of a, uh, informative uh, pamphlet or a book or something like that that they might be willing to read. If they're willing to read and learn more about what you're talking about, then you can find some resources that uh, you can put in their hands and let let somebody else do the persuading besides uh, besides yourself. Sometimes it's better to be sold something by a stranger than by somebody who you know. I don't know what that – there's like a little sales adage there somewhere, Mark. I don't know how uh, – The expert is uh, the guy from out of town. Yeah, yeah. So that, that might be uh, an approach also, but – it would seem to me that if, if somebody is – if you're talking about getting rid of zoning, I think Mark's right, bringing up Houston. Now, not all of Houston is unzoned. There are some suburbs, I think, that have zoned – like the you know little yeah. city burgs or whatever that uh, that have zoning. But it's, it's nice to be able to use those as actually to counterpoint that, in fact, property right. values in Houston are more expensive than some of these zoned areas that are actually contained completely within the city. Right. And, and private property solves these problems. If all property were privately owned or when all property is privately owned, then each private property owner can get into agreements with other owners about what is, what is and what is not uh, allowed on those properties. And why wouldn't that be good enough for those folks? It's because they want to ch- they want to control everybody. And that's why I would say if, if you've explained all of that stuff to them, and I'm sure there's a point or two that we've missed, if you want, you can call in and share that, uh, your ideas as to how uh, Michael can handle this at 800-259-9231. But if you've made persuasive points about private property and how you can have all the control over your neighbors you want with zoning, or excuse me, not zoning, but with... Uh, with homeowners associations and deed restrictions, and they're still are arguing for zoning laws, they're just control freaks. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm right on board with y'all. Let us know how it goes, uh, any of your further conversations, what, what kind of objections you're coming up against. And thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And Houston's a good example. There's, there's a lengthy story about it somewhere on the Internet, how Houston is complete, almost completely unzoned and how successful that is. I don't remember where it was, but I bet if you went in and you looked for Houston and zoning, you'd probably find out where it is. And uh, that has a lot of good information. More coming up.
It's time. Wake up. This is just in case you care. And yeah, I'm talking to you. That's my booklet of truth for the people of America and the wake up call for action to save our freedom. Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com and get involved with saving our country. That's yamtalkingtoyou.com if you want to be part of the solution. Otherwise, just go back to sleep. You'll adjust to enslavement. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features for free, archives included, going back to the beginning of 2009, all free for you on our podcast. You can go to archives.freetalklive.com to access that. Archives.freetalklive.com. Now, the 12-year process of government education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child. When we enter school, many of our best personal attributes are already in place. We're curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. But over time, school sucks those natural gifts out of too many people and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. Oh, yeah, and it's also funded by theft. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com. Let's go to Jack, listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, Jack, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was uh, wanting to know if you heard about Ron Paul scoring real high at the CPAC convention. Yes, sir. And if you, and if you believe that that is... A positive thing for the libertarian movement, and uh, how you feel about that, and I'll listen on the air. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate the call tonight. Uh, yes, we had heard about that. I think we mentioned it briefly on the Saturday show. I think Ron's score was in the 30th percentile with Mitt Romney like 10% below him or 10 mm-hmm. points percentage points below him, and apparently Mitt Romney spent all kinds of money to try to to try to win this particular poll. Yeah. Uh, and so Ron Paul ran away with it. As a result, from what I understand, over at LouRockwell.com, they reported that the talk host Laura Ingram, uh, I guess, put up a poll on her website asking what her listeners thought. And as a result of the, I guess, the responses there, pulled the poll down from her website. Politico.com ran a poll today, which said something to the effect of, who really should have won the uh, CPAC nomination? And, of course, the Ron Paul activist came out and gave him over 60% of the vote in that particular right. poll. Right. So. They're so silly because you cannot – the Ron Paul this, – this was how Jim Babka described it. Um, and the Ron Paul phenomenon is like a mile deep and, you know, not terribly wide. Uh, whereas many of the candidates have, you know, people's support, but they don't have much support from people. If you say, who do you think should get the Republican nod to the average guy out there? You might say Mitt Romney or, you know, John McCain. Or, but they're just picking one. They don't really – they, a, they don't care. They're not going to send any money or anything like that, whereas the Ron Paul people will go out. They'll do something. Now, only 2,000 of the 10,000 people that were at CPAC actually voted in this, so that means that 600 people um, voted for Ron Paul, and it was you know, not that big of a percentage compared to the amount of people that were actually at CPAC, but Big deal. These were the people that are willing to do something. If you're a politician, oh, my God, if you could get people like this on your side. Yeah. 37,529 votes so far in the Politico.com poll with Ron Paul, 62 percent. 
followed by Mitt Romney with 13%. Ron Paul owns the internet. Yeah. So just, just figure that out, you know, warfare conservatives. But, but back just to, figure it out. Back to Jack's question and you know what what this means or how we feel about it. Uh, Ron Paul is this is Ron Paul doing good things for the liberty movement? Of course he is. Uh, Ron Paul being visible, even though he's kind of in the conservative camp, even though he's in the Republican Party, uh, that is what allows him to have the visibility by by coming into the Republican Party with a a fairly principled message. You know, he's like 95 percent uh, adhering to the to the non-aggression principle. He's he's pretty darn close. Uh, he's certainly the best thing to uh, a principal liberty message, the closest thing to a principal message the Republican Party has seen in my lifetime. So having Ron Paul go in there and stir things up, I think, is all good because it, it allows people who are at least in that particular area of conservatism, if you will, to discover Ron Paul, to discover the fact that obviously some people are taking him pretty seriously. Yeah. Uh, and then say to themselves, well, why? Who is this guy? Who is this Ron Paul? Right uh, Back in during the campaign, Google Ron Paul was real big uh, because people wanted to get the ideas out. And Ron Paul was making that happen in a way that the Libertarian Party could only dream of. Uh, of and it, Ron Paul had an impact that they wished they could have uh, in the Libertarian Party that they've been working for decades to try to have. Ron Paul managed to manages to do it because, well... People are excited about him. And with with Ron Paul running away with polls like this and getting all this attention and stirring things up in the Republican Party, Democrats take notice, too. I mean, remember uh, Rachel Maddow, who's one of the, the talk show hosts on MSNBC. She's had Ron Paul on her show. Uh, Ed Schultz, another liberty, uh, liberal talk show host. Ed Schultz, uh, Big Ed. He's, I think, probably the biggest, most highly rated uh, progressive talk show host out there. He's had Ron Paul on his show. So the fact that Ron Paul is stirring it up within the Republican Party and actually coming to debates and things like that with a a pro-peace message for the most part. I mean, he wants to pull the troops out and bring the, you know, shut the military bases or whatever Ron Paul wants to do. He definitely does not have the warmongering stance that the other Republicans do. And so that attracts attention from outside of the Republican Party. So I think from both as, as far as the effect that Ron Paul has on the people that are kind of inside the system, two-party system, people that are entrenched in the Republican or Democrat parties, he's able to get a, a an unusual message of, of liberty to those people who otherwise would never experience it. The Democrat hardcores are going to be watching their Democrat guys battle it out about who's going to give away what to, uh, to people if mm. they get elected. The Republicans are usually watching their guys battle it out about who, you know, what people they're going to kill in another country uh, if they get elected or what kind of uh, social program, not social programs, but what kind of moral laws they want to pass to control people. I mean, these are kind of the typical things that Republicans and Democrats talk about. So whether Ron Paul, I mean, if Ron Paul got into the Democrats, Democratic Party and, and did the same thing, he'd have the same effect. He'd still have the rabid supporters behind him, pu- pushing him up in the pool in the polls. He would cause all kinds of controversy. He'd cause uh, people like Sean Hannity to, and Laura Ingram to not know what the hell to say or well, what the hell to do. They'd be very happy with him in the Democratic Party. They would be uh, they would be calling him one of the good Democrats at that point. Yeah, I, su- I suppose you're right. But but my point is his he would have a similar effect in that his message is so drastically different. That it deserves the it, it deserves attention, and because he's got the internet supporting uh, the people on the internet supporting him so vehemently, 
he actually does get attention where the Libertarian Party is still just scraping for interviews. They're well, desperately trying to uh, to promote their uh, their candidates as uh, as the option. Ron Paul's done a bang-up job, and I think there's nothing bad about what uh, Ron Paul is doing. I, I hope I've answered his question. I think so. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. First, about Ron Paul. I uh, want to offer kudos to Ron Paul for pulling in that vote. And, of course, it wasn't Ron Paul necessarily, except for his principal stance. It was the, the people that uh, bothered to show up and... Yep. and make their voices heard. But, Who, by uh, the way, were mostly young. I point. I'd like to point out. I did look at the breakdown on LouRockwell.com today. They had a. They gave you more info than the news organizations have. And there's been reports in the mainstream media about Ron Paul winning the CPAC poll, but the super majority of people at this particular conference were, I think, the 18 to 25 age bracket. Which is also very revealing. Hey, uh, Gene, we'll bring you back. You can continue here in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ron Paul has a message that resonates with a lot of people. And he's been doing particularly well amongst young people. And that's pretty important. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools and the political parasites, leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including our bulletin board system. Over 500,000 posts. Some of them serious issues. Some of them really disturbing. There's this (laughs) picture that's, that I saw, that actually somebody private messaged me, but you say Mark was actually posted to the forum. It's not really furry porn, but I guess it is. It's not really fur- furries like I'd ever seen before. Furries are kind of this weird sexual genre where people get dressed up in anthropomorphized animal outfits, uh, you know, with big, big eyes. And, animal suits. Yeah, animal suits. Like something that you'd see at a baseball game or something like that, kind of a mascot-style suit. But, uh, and they 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 engage in uh, some of them engage in sexual acts in these sorts. Hey, they you certainly know, have conventions. Whatever floats your boat, man. I mean, that's it's, if that's what you dig, then I'm you know all for it. Have fun. But th- this one was a little more creepy. Uh, this was a woman in a spider costume. Yeah, it's gross. Like this wasn't anthropomorphized in any way. This looked like a spider and engaging in sex acts. So yeah. just be warned. <laughs> I think I'm blind. The the free free talk live BBS is a virtually unmoderated place, and we mean it when we say that. Do you hate making those extra trips out to get the grocery bags for the last few months? Well, Ian and I have been using the Tota Sacks. They're a handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States, and it's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. You can go to totasack.com. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. There's no C in Tota Sack. And uh, get a family pack today. Totasac. They carry more than you can. A lot more. Totasac.com. All right. We continue. Gene is still with us in uh, Tennessee. Gene, you just started to comment on Ron Paul. Go ahead and continue your thoughts. Well, uh, one thing is Mitt Romney's won that 
straw poll the last three years. I understand. I don't. I haven't checked that, but I've heard that he's won it the last three years. So for Ron Paul to upset him like that shows that people are starting to wake up, and uh, I, I'm just glad to see it. Well, let me add something in there. Since we were talking about the straw poll that Ron Paul uh, won with over 30% of the vote, a good 10, per, uh, 10 points ahead of uh, Mitt Romney, they're making a big to do about this as though, oh, you know, this is uh, a fluke. Uh, all these kids were there. According to Lou Rockwell's blog over at lourockwell.com, the uh, the Fox News scroll that they have, the scrolling text down at the, the bottom of the screen uh, announcing that Ron Paul won the poll was followed up by the statement that 54% of CPAC attendees were between the ages of 18 and 25. So kind of suggesting that it's just a bunch of kids, don't pay any attention. But according to Tom DiLorenzo over at LouRockwell.com, he says last year, 57% of CPAC attendees were between 18 and 25, and Mitt Romney won the poll at that time. But he doesn't recall seeing any caveats at that uh, at that time. So this well, year there were fewer try. youngsters there, and Ron Paul won, and they're making a big deal out of it. They're, they're already trying to do the same thing they did during the election, which is minimize everything that Ron Paul does. And every time, you know, Ron Paul could have a speech in front, you know, he could pull out uh, 2,000 people to come out and listen to him, and it, and it would be totally ignored, and Obama would pull up, and 200 people would show up, and it'd be all over the news, you know. So yeah. they, they're definitely going to fight to minimize everything Ron Paul does, and so we just have to uh, try and make up the difference. What yeah. I, you know what I'm going to do? I've already planned to do this for 2012 if he runs again. Is I'm going to buy one of those ILDA lasers on eBay. Have you seen those things? You see them at rock and roll uh, light shows where they... They write little cartoon characters on the wall with a laser beam, or they sure. write text. Okay, well, I'm going to buy one of those, and I'm going to set it up in the back of my truck, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to blast Ron Paul stuff all over the front of bridges and sides of buildings and wherever I can until the cops come and roust me out, and then I'm going to move to another location. Cool. And I'm going to get, yeah. And these things are really cheap now on eBay. You can get them for around... Uh, I've seen the cheap ones for about 300 bucks, and then I guess you got to buy some software, and then, of course you have to have a laptop to drive it. Right, but, but it's it's only going to be good at nighttime. Right, right. It'll be good after dark. Uh, well, it's actually, a lot cheaper I was than uh, also, making a bunch of signs. I was also thinking of using it during the daytime by putting up a little projector screen in the back of my truck, right up against the cab, and setting it up back by the tailgate and projecting it onto the screen. I'll bet you that would show up in the daylight. Maybe I don't know. So anyway, uh, about the uh, comment earlier regarding uh, the Constitution and immigration, and about a little over a year ago, we had these guys out here, uh, my brother-in-law arranged to have the National Center for Constitutional Studies come out and do a presentation on the Constitution, nccs.net. I called you at the time and told you, Mark, that I'm sure that you would rather enjoy this presentation. It was very good. The guys really know their stuff about the Constitution. Uh-huh. Of course, as of course, as an anarchist, you know the only thing I had was where's the where's the authority come from, and of sure. course they can't answer that. But um, I had to drive him two hours from Little Rock to Memphis because his plane landed in Little Rock, and I got to ask him this question because he got to talking about he was all of the knowledge he has about the Constitution, and it's very in depth. He's very good, and so I asked him. He started talking about immigration, so I said, okay, well. What does the Constitution say about immigration? Because I couldn't ever remember reading anything in the Constitution. I'm not, I'm not an expert like him. But um, I threw that out there, 
and his response was extremely honest and uh, quite embarrassing for him because he said, actually, there's nothing in the Constitution about immigration yep. per se, only about naturalism, whether citizens are naturalized or not. There is nothing in there about controlling immigration. And That's fact, what I thought. I was going to say that on the air, but I wasn't sure enough, so I didn't when Mark was talking about something about 1812. After 1812, they can control immigration. Uh, I, I recall uh, some kind of a statute somewhere, but in yeah. the Constitution itself, no authority is given to control immigration. Yep. Only uh, the definition of what a citizen is. That's about all that's in there. So there you go. Initially, there was no uh, oh. restriction or control on immigration. So he claims. I mean, I don't have it sitting right here in front of me. I didn't know that I was going to get hot, hit blindsided with this. Obviously, I can't quote every passage of the Constitution from memory, but I read this and I got stumbled up on it. Well, maybe you were thinking well, of naturalization, I mean, you Mark. Know, no, I, I wasn't, Ian. I was thinking about immigration. You have the opportunity to uh, come back tomorrow night and correct me. I, I, so, I'll have it. I'll have it by the next break. I can tell you that. Okay, so you can do that, and I, and I'll be gone, and and you can tell everybody how dumb I am. But I think I'm he'll be tell eating, you that you're dumb. I, I think mean, you're just talking to this guy. But Mark will be eating crow next break because uh, I believe you on this one, Gene. I think you're absolutely well, right. And and I am not the expert on the Constitution. This guy was, and I threw it at him, and and he said, "This is what he told me." And I never bothered to go back and check it, but I I believe him. Well, right, because if he if there was something in the Constitution about immigration, no no doubt he'd have been happy to trot it out. Uh, but but he couldn't, and as you say, he was being honest about it. And and indeed, a lot of these people that want to get back to the Constitution at the same time want to close down the borders and stop people from coming here. They fully support having these uh, this immigration bureaucracy, which, like you're saying, Gene, was not constitutional. So do they really want to get back to the Constitution or not? Yeah, it didn't exist. And it, and I'm all for them getting back to the Constitution if they want to take the whole darn thing, you know, the whole shooting match, then uh, go for it. But if they're going to just take part of it and then say, well, on top of that, we're going to add all this stuff, then I'm going to say, well, you know, you're 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 being a hypocrite. Anything else you want to share tonight, Gene? The airplane, Joe Stack. When I looked at that thing and uh, saw the fireball in that building, I said, you know, because as a pylon judge at the Reno Air Races, unfortunately, I've seen several airplane crashes. Yeah. And I know that a, a Piper Cherokee hitting that building is not going to cause that kind of fire. And uh, oh, no. so apparently, not, apparently now they are saying that uh, it looks like he brought... Uh, some additional fuel on board. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, if you were going to fly an airplane into a building and it seemed like that was his intent when he took off, um, then you would probably bring anything that would explode with you. He would have to bring something because a a small plane hitting that building is not going to cause that kind of damage. So that's another reason that you don't really have to worry about small planes because uh, they can't do a lot of damage, really. Very good, Gene. Thanks Unless, for the of course, call they tonight. load them full of fuel. Appreciate hearing <laughs> yeah, from you. load them full of explosives. All right. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to control of the airwaves here. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your phone call. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call. If you make it now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, more internet connections around the world over at promote.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, uh, I guess you're not going to eat any crow here, right? You, You were right. Well, you'll get used to that over time. I mean, at some point or another, you'll step down and realize, <laughs> like, <laughs> I try not to open my mouth unless on, on these issues unless i am got some kind of backing. And here it is. Uh, Article 1, Section 9, Limits on Congress, United States Constitution, the first clause. I, I don't know what they call those little sections, so I'm going to call it a clause. Uh, because I don't consider myself to be a constitutional scholar, but I read this, and you know, it it can be a, it can apply, and that's the problem with the Constitution is who knows what this stuff means. All right, the and I think that the uh, the fourth word here is very important in understanding what the founding uh, people people who wrote this probably meant, but it says the migration or the importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress prior to the year 1808. But a tax or duty may be imposed on such importation not exceeding $10 for each person. Now, I think what they're referring to here is slavery, is the importation of people as a commodity. But it does use the term migration. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about immigration and migration i mean these that that term seems the same to me so when you're talking about uh the congress shall not prohibit it prior to the year 1808 that means to me that after the year 1808 that they can prohibit it yeah not very liberty oriented of them yeah i mean i don't know what i don't know what they meant when they wrote this i have no idea but to me this says that the constitution says that the united states congress can pass laws that after the year 1808 that limit the migration of people into the several states 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line as we continue here uh, let's talk to Dino in Oregon Dino you're on free talk live Dino Mark you got to turn that down. you got to get away from Goodbye. Don't know what that was all about. I think it was rap music. I don't know. Love that stuff. 800-259-9231. So I said I had a little bit of good news about cannabis. Story is from the Los Angeles Times at LATimes.com. With an innovative but little-known state program to study medical marijuana about to run out of money, researchers and political supporters said Wednesday the results show promise. Should take all the mystery out of whether it works. We've got the results, said former state senator John Vasconcelos, who led the effort to create the 10-year-old Center for Medicinal Cannabis Research. The center has spent nearly its uh, has has nearly spent its 8.7 million dollar allocation sponsoring 14 studies at University of California campuses including the first clinical trials of smoked marijuana in the United States in more than two decades. Much of the research is still underway or under review, but five studies have been published in scientific journals. Four of the five showed that cannabis can significantly relieve neuropathic pain, and one found that vaporizers are an effective way to use marijuana. 
Another study. Sub- <laughs> they needed a study, whatever much they spent on that study. Yeah, how much did you get paid to go and uh, participate in that study? I mean, there's people buying vaporizers all over. You probably could have asked them, hey, is this effective? Yeah. I can say I can say uh, tell you I like my vaporizer. Uh, yeah. Another study submitted for publication found that marijuana can reduce muscle spasms in multiple sclerosis patients. So that's some big news. I mean, significantly relieve neuropathic pain, uh, and that marijuana can reduce muscle spasms in multiple sclerosis patients. I'm sure the more you study it, the more wonderful things you'll find that this uh, this plant is capable of beyond just getting somebody uh, high. And right now you've got two very promising studies here, and th- this is in addition to the other studies that have shown that marijuana helps people with various different medical uh, issues, multiple sclerosis being one of them, glaucoma victims uh, being uh, being another. You've got other, lots of cancer too. Right? Yeah, you've got other studies out there that are already showing positive things. How many more do you need? How many more do you need at this point? To, to convince these stick-in-the-mud politicians that it's wrong to put people who are sick in jail cells. There's more, though. Dr. Igor Grant, a neuropsychiatrist uh, rather at UC San Diego, who's the center's director, called the pain studies pretty convincing and urged the federal government to pay for additional clinical studies. Now, of course, I don't think government should be paying to, uh, to study these things, but it seems like the least they can do, considering the trillions of dollars they spent putting the, the users in jail, I would rather see yeah. private studies You'd being done. You'd think if they, they were going to put people in jail and claim that the, the stuff's ineffective, that they would be willing to you know, do some studies. They really don't want to, though. I can tell you that. No studies. They're not interested in, in whether or not marijuana is effective. With the state stuck in a dawning budget crisis, even the center's advocates don't expect more support. There's no state money at this time, unfortunately. The, uh, since the center opened in 2000, medical marijuana use has spread rapidly in California, driven largely by doctors' willingness to recommend it for a wide range of ailments. But little research has been done on its effectiveness, in part because researchers must win approval from federal agencies, including the Drug Enforcement Administration. And as you might imagine, they are not Yeah, they're not very, really interested at all yeah. in marijuana uh, research. Right. They don't want good news to come out about it because then they'd be shown as being a bunch of liars uh, that, that for the past several years, decades, they've classified it as a class one drug or whatever, class A. I forget what the class uh, – yeah, it's class schedule one is what it's, what it's called, where it's ranked up there with heroin. I mean, come on. Grant said federal officials didn't try to thwart the research but noted that approving uh, noted that approval typically took 18 months. We basically did a lot of the work for investigators in terms of jumping through the hoops, he said. The unusual scientific program approved by the legislature in 1999 was the result of negotiations between a couple politicians. They were vigorous adversaries in the contentious debate over the initiative that approved the use of medical marijuana. So anyway, it goes on into some of the other political things. But great news, though, finding out that, uh, huh, how about that? This here plant that grows naturally in the earth, like many plants that grow naturally in the earth, have applications that can benefit people that are feeling bad, that have problems. You know, I, I I do believe that that's the case. I just uh, I think that it's funny that, you know, if, if people want to spread cow dung on themselves uh, in order to make themselves feel better, who are we to say otherwise? Exactly. Let's go to Michael, who's in California. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, uh, several things. Uh, I definitely won't say, how are you young men doing? I learned that one a long time ago. <laughs> I, got, I got yelled at and got my feeling hurt. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, you, wait, <laughs> it was likely you? me. 
<laughs> Pardon me. It was you, likely me. Mark yelled at you for calling. Yeah, it, I know. I know which one it was. It, but I got thick skin, so I'm all right. Uh, it, Why would you yell a at couple me? things. We got mad because I said, "How are you, young men, doing?" And and he just didn't like it. But I, I it was it was a, meant to be a a compliment. Yeah, a compliment sounds yeah, complimentary absolutely. to me. Mark's just a yeah. ornery old man. I'd like old to bastard. let this guy talk. He's got two minutes left. Would you let him go? Go ahead. Yeah, let me let me talk. Yeah, shut it, up, as, Ian. As far, as far as immigration, the Constitution, it is in the Constitution. Uh, the federal government, which is far far exceeds what they're supposed to be doing. There's only 17 mandates. One of the things they're supposed to do is keep our borders, our country safe. So, if illegal immigration is can be defined as a foreign invader, because what they're doing is bringing in. Um, criminal activity, then they have the right to proceed and get them out of here. Well, the Constitution doesn't say that, though. The Constitution says they have the right to, um, you know, limit migration. Well, I'm not talking about migration. What I'm talking about keeping our borders safe, keeping the country safe from foreign invaders. But they're not invaders. A- they're people. Most of them are coming here looking for a better life. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I totally agree with you. It, but on the same token, it, it'd be much better for them if they do it properly rather than just try to come well, in under the table. They're probably not going to get in if they try to do it properly. I mean, they, they're likely die before they get in. What's proper about sub, uh, subverting oneself to a bureaucrat? Well, uh, I understand where you're coming from because I know the psychology that I know how you think, but on the same token, you know, there's, there's rules and some of them work, some of them don't work. I mean, you try to go to Mexico and under the table, see what happens to you, or go to France or anywhere well, else. I don't think that's a fair uh, analogy. For one, I don't want to sneak across the border to Mexico, although I have snuck across the border to Canada. Um, and, and by the way, they didn't catch me. Um, but, you know, just because Mexi- the Mexican government might be tyrannical really isn't an excuse for the American government to be tyrannical. Yep. I wish we had no, more time it, to talk it, about it. it. Call it, us back tomorrow night, Michael. appreciate hearing from you. Please do. We will return tomorrow, same time, same place, and we'll talk to you about whatever you want. 800-259-9231 will be the number, but it's no good now. So we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. All right, and it's a, another edition of the Edgington Post, and I'm here with uh, Les Antman, who is a member of the Libertarian Radical Caucus. Now, Les, you've been doing this re- re- Libertarian Radical Caucus thing for a while now, haven't you? Uh, yes, back in uh, 1979, I joined the Libertarian Party and got involved in the uh, Radical Caucus. My, pri- my primary uh, activism back then was I was the editor of the California Libertarian Publication, which we called Caliber. Oh, a very clever name, I think. <laughs> and um, and we actually, uh, at the time, our uh, our paper included uh, writings not just by members of the Libertarian Party, but we had some of the anti-party people writing for us. So we were a very uh, together movement there, where pro and anti-political people uh, were able to work together. Wendy McElroy, George Smith, David Friedman all wrote uh, for me during the time I was there. Also, I was part of the big California drive to get on the ballot. And uh, got 167,000 votes and got us permanent ballot status in California back in 1982. Oh, sweet. 
<laughs> That's kind of a, an interesting story. So um, what were you running as? I was running for state treasurer, and oh. being a CPA probably gave me some credibility. My biggest vote totals were up in the heavy marijuana growing districts. So I think that uh, marijuana, mar- marijuana grower is uh, the combination of the personal liberty and economic freedom uh, that uh, apparently find, found us most appealing at the time. So we got about <laughs> 6% of the vote up in Mendocino County. Is that Northern California? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yes, it's uh, up up in Northern California, where uh, where the biggest cash crop in California uh, is still grown. I think it's still and, the uh, biggest cash crop in the world. <laughs> yes, and and I still my wife and I now go up there every year to visit our people since they <laughs> gave me such a high vote total. That's sweet. I, uh, I figured they I figured they would want me to be there. But I was active for very active for about five years. Uh, I won the Carl Bray Award for activism, and uh, then I collapsed and uh, took a twenty year nap. Ah. Where my activism level it's much lower, although I continue to give money. But I've recently been getting back into the party because I think radicals have a um, very special opportunity over the next couple of years. Tell me about that opportunity. Um, well, the LP has has always been an important part of the libertarian movement, and I believe it will continue to be at least for a while. But it's gone through cycles of change. Uh, it was founded in 1971, and for the first 10 years was growing at a massive rate. And then in the early 80s, it, uh, it turned around, started hitting down, uh, partially because of the Reagan years, partially because of some internal battles and conflict. Then in the 1990s, it turned back up again, had a second wind, big resurgence during what we might call the Harry Brown years, mm. although it was more than just Harry Brown, a lot of good things happening, and was growing again rapidly for a period of time. And then um, the last decade, um, we never gave it a name, but I always called it the Naughties. <laughs> uh, from 2000 to 2009, um, we had another collapse. A lot of it related to uh, what we're commonly calling the conservatarian uh, movement. A lot of disaffected Republicans and others who uh, find the libertarian views on economics appealing, but uh, are not so high on our understanding of non-intervention and personal liberties. Mm. Um, and there's been a big collapse in the party. But I think we're, uh, it's about time for a third wind. And I'm very optimistic that if we can bring some radicals back in the party, that um, that the same that we'll have growth that may even rival uh, our first wave and uh, lead us to uh, some pretty great accomplishments maybe over the next decade. What are some um, things you're hoping uh, for? Well, there there are three 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 reasons I'd like to see radicals get uh, involved at this time. First, uh, the party remains, even with all its faults, one of the most important first contact organizations. It is the first time many people hear the word libertarian, and it continues to feed the rest of the movement. So even many people who now want nothing to do with the party will admit that if you go back, they trace their first contact and their first uh, knowledge of libertarianism to the party. Uh, The second thing is it exists. Whether we want it to exist or not, no one of us is going to decide. And whether it sends out a message that helps the movement or hinders the movement is going to depend on who's speaking on its behalf. And I think there's a third, a third new issue, third new reason for radicals to get involved. And by radicals, now let me talk specifically about those of us who are um, market anarchists or free market anarchists who think that a free society doesn't need any overarching organization. Uh, back when the party was founded, um, there were always, and to this day are, anarchists and minarchists, limited government libertarians and those who believe in a complete free market, even in uh, security and dispute resolution. And um, there were some problems. 
and there was a danger of them fall, uh, breaking apart very, very early in the history of the party. It started in 1971, and by 1974, there were so many battles over the platform and whether it should say government should not exist or government has a responsibility to protect life and property um, was causing great problems. And what they did is they came up with what they called the Dallas Accord. The uh, convention was in Dallas, Texas that year. Okay. And its purpose was relatively simple. It was to say that whether we believe in the ultimate legitimacy of government or not is not important for our ability to work together, that the party will welcome both anarchists and minarchists. Now, that's a perfectly reasonable idea, but it's sort of morphed into a different concept. Unintentionally, there are a lot of unintended consequences to rules, and in this case, it morphed into the idea that we shouldn't talk about the ultimate legitimacy of government. And we not only didn't talk about it with the public, we didn't talk about it with each other. So anarchism uh, kind of atrophied within the party. There were no discussions of courts, police, defense on a free market. It was all assumed that we just wouldn't talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's changed. In 2008, the, uh, the Dallas Accord basically crumbled. It no longer really applies. Limited government libertarians now, free, now feel free to talk about the legitimate functions of government. And so those of us who are anarchists should also feel free. The great opportunity that I think we have now, and this is one that Maury is trying to exploit with the take, uh, as part of the Take Back the LP movement, is that we can now talk to our friends, our limited government friends and allies within the party to try to persuade them that there's something odd about thinking that the best way to protect free market capitalism is with a socialist monopoly. Uh, we're in a position where we can uh, address it with them. And what Maury has set up at the LP convention um, Memorial Day weekend, there's going to be a wonderful event and panel discussion on the topic of whether government is a necessary evil or an unnecessary one. It's going to be free, open to the public. Even people who are not attending the convention in St. Louis are welcome to come to it. Uh, it should be a fun event. There's going to be a lively discussion. I'll be one of the panelists. Also, uh, Gary Chartier, who's uh, Whose book is whose book, The Conscience of an Anarchist, is just waiting for his publisher to uh, to take it to market. Will be another one of the panelists and a few others. And it's a chance for those of us who are market anarchists to meet each other and plan for the upcoming years. Um, we're very very close as as radicals in general. Uh, in 2008, we almost had our first open anarchist as the nominee of the party. Now, again, I believe in the coalition very strongly, but it's pretty odd to think that the year we got Bob Barr, we almost had our first market anarchist as our nominee, Dr. Uh, Ruart. Yeah. And uh, we were probably less than 50 radicals away from having a completely different and far more positive 2008 for the promotion of libertarian ideals. If there had been 50 more radicals at that convention, yeah, the term libertarian platform would have been different. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say the term libertarian really has been co-opted recently, and I, I think that's to no small uh, extent you know, because of the Bob Barr run. Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's so frustrating to think how close we were. It took him six ballots, even though he had all the name recognition and all the fake promises about how he was going to get several millions of votes, several percent of the vote, when he finally ended up getting the same half a percent that we've always gotten. Yeah. Um, even with all those promises, it took him six ballots, and he got less than 55% of the votes even on the final ballot against uh, uh, Mary Ruard, who is a 30-year activist and a market anarchist. So right. we were very, very close. There was a real split there, and unfortunately, majority rules often cause what the 51% to want 
to get that, and it really did waste a great opportunity. Well, it seems like there's we probably a lot of people who are on the fence uh, who will be you know nominees there that uh, likely that little trick of, hey, if we just run somebody mainstream, then we'll get 2 or 3% of the vote, and the name Libertarian will get out there. Uh, like That trick probably won't work again. Exactly. They were promising 6% early on, and they changed their tune after they got the nomination. But there was another thing he promised, and that's why I think that we're actually more radical than it might appear from the nomination of Bob Barr. A lot of the reasons that people were supporting him were that he was a former drug warrior and former anti-gay activist who'd repented, and that the idea of someone who was going to campaign and say, I was all wrong, I've learned my lesson, uh, would would be more appealing, but he didn't do that once he got the nomination. No, he didn't. Pretty much, he told all of us what we wanted to hear in order to get the nomination. A lot of us didn't fall for it, but some did. Les, um, uh, the audio is really the audio level's really gone down. Have uh, you changed position of your headset or or phone? I'm on I'm on Skype. I haven't really moved much. I apologize. Okay, that. well, it's one of, it's one of those things. It seems to have returned. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I do believe there were good motives among those people, but you're right. They won't be fooled again because they didn't get their 6%. They didn't even get 1%. They got the same vote totals always. You know, if you're going to sell your soul, at least you should uh, you get know, something should get for girl, it. And we didn't even get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe we had that opportunity, but we need radicals instead of being discouraged to show up. Indeed. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the big goal of the Take Back the LP uh, uh, movement. Maury, uh, Maury Strauss is the one who deserves all the credit for having pushed this forward. He has a site, takebackthelp.info, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, with some links that indicate some of the things that uh, we'd like people to do. Um, I think the next two years are going to be the time period during which we can start that third wave up of a strong, useful uh, libertarian party as part of the movement, not as the entire movement, because... The thing about anarchy is is that you can't even centrally plan the end of central planning. <laughs> everybody has to everybody has to try different projects. Some will succeed, some will fail, and the LP is is a part. It's not the entire movement, but it's also a to the movement. Less, I think we do have. Oops, I'm sorry. I'm I'm the yeah, the audio has really faded off here. Less, I can just barely hear you. Please repeat yourself. Okay. Um, I do think the next two years are a great opportunity. We have to turn it around by 2012. If we have another nominee who is comparable to Bob Barr, I don't think we will, but if we do, um, I, I think the discouragement among the radicals might be terminal at that point. So the next two years are really important. I think we are at the start of a great third wave for the LP, but only if the radicals show up and decide to take back the movement, take back the platform, and promote libertarianism in its purest form. We know we're not going to get elected in the next few years, maybe not ever. Maybe our ideas will be co-opted, or even better, maybe the entire you know, government system will be replaced by markets uh, directly without there being any intermediate step. I don't want to completely rule out the possibility of political success, though. Uh, there have been, in the past, major movements toward freedom that were achieved politically, uh, the greatest libertarian accomplishment in the history of the world was the global rejection of chattel slavery. And in the British Empire, at least, it was abolished by vote, mm-hmm. by persuading people it was right and then pressuring the British Parliament to vote for it. And then a couple of decades after that, the same Parliament ushered in uh, 
global peace through free trade, another political movement spearheaded by Richard Cobden and John Bright. So I, I, I don't think we should ignore the possibility that political success is also possible. Again, I don't know how it's going to happen. None of us know how it's going to happen. The idea is you persuade people to liberty, and then you trust them to make the changes in their own lives, which ultimately will change society. Well, I, it, I, I can see why you were picked as a panelist at this, uh, <laughs> at this upcoming convention, Les. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, am, I will admit that I am very much an optimist, but I'm an optimist for a good reason, yep. which is that liberty does work. The reason that government is falling apart is not because they're not trying hard enough, but because uh, it is a system that doesn't work. Globally, we're seeing a lot of positive changes over the last few decades. It's really, it, it, this is the one time when it's, it would be better to have a global perspective than a U.S. perspective, because we're about the only place that's moving in the wrong direction right now. We're seeing. I think that's about it. I, I think Les's uh, phone has uh, has taken a has, has gone for the gone bye bye. So um, uh, that was Les Antman from the Libertarian Radical Caucus, and you can go to takebackthelp.info to learn more. And uh, you know they're they're lo- they're looking to put a big group together to go to St. Louis this year. You'll find out all the information at takebackthelp.info. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.